It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reveille, reveille, dogs. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, yeah. Can you feel it? It's Friday. Ain't got shit to do. Might as well douse yourself in the art. It's the award-winning Morning Combat. Back in your damn face hole, Friday, November 17th. 2023 and look folks you may watch other shows but that's your problem because this is the only freaking one you need i'm brian campbell the bbc with that bde getting up here alpha style on the double a but the man next to me actually lives in the nation's capital and luke thomas i am here with some good news that you shared with me on this day commandant semper fi will never die. He has out of the hospital and beaten the heart attack. That's yeah. how the Marines do it. That's right. He got had a heart attack uh, about a week or two ago. The Marine Corps updated us yesterday. He's already out of the hospital, back at his house, which is over on yeah. Barracks Row, not too far from where I live. So uh, fucking one for the Commandant, That's one what I'm for the Corps. About. That's what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Yeah, your thumb doesn't do this. Fingers extended and join oh, thumb along the hand. Like Use a grifter like uh, South Oregon bird. Yeah, that's what this, this is. This is what I'm talking about, Luke. One okay? more time: fingers extended and joined, thumb along the hand. That is it, right? And uh, you don't, don't do this. It's completely straight. All this right. arm has All to right. be. I'm not trying straight. to get any other thing going on here. Uh, we do have a fantastic show for you, folks. Okay, bet coming at you. We're also going to look back at a wild two days in boxing, a pair of Saudi Arabian press conferences in the heavyweight division, and a sleeper. From Shakur Stevenson last night. Well, Yikes. sleeper's a nice way to put it. How about all-time shit fest? I think I might be a better well, way to we'll put it. We'll get into that and so much more. Uh, please tip your waitresses, like, and subscribe to what we do here on the MK. We don't get to these awards and subscriber totals without your addiction level being full-on P1. So thank you for your rabidness. Also, morningcombat.store. I'm not wearing any merch right now, Luke. But here's the deal. People want discounts. All right, one more time for you. 10% off at Morning Combat Dodd store right here, right now, as Jesus Jones once said, Luke, right? Right here, right now. There yeah. is no other place I'd want yeah. to be. Looks like that's the only Jesus I'll listen to, bitch. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right, so here's the deal. Live 10 is your code, L-I-V-E-1-0. Get 10% off for the rest of this show and the rest of this day. And, Luke, we have heard from R.J. Dunkel. Uh, uh, R. 
RJ's would you call RJ a, a mother effer now after he his wife gave birth? Yeah, he's like Danny Garcia. He's RJ make the pussy rain. That's really okay. <laughs> oh god, wow, wow. Danny Swift Garcia, the uh the, the uh former boxing champion of the He drinks, he drinks champagne for the pain. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's what he does. I wish we had run that today. I wish we had grabbed that. Okay. So yeah, look, there's some big so there's some big uh deals coming next week as well. But today, ten percent off. Get in there, average Joe Art, the crossover, all that, and then some tall, pale, and handsome. Yeah, it's your boy BC getting after it. Luke, uh, not all good news today. I want to shout out a MK super fan named Evan, who's been following us since the beginning. He's been nursing his ailing dog, Rossi, uh, and listening to us to get through the hard times. Unfortunately, Rossi has passed, but we bring our, our, uh, our love and condolences to, uh, to a great fan. And I'm sure a, gr- a great dog got that dog in him. Shout out to Rossi. I'm telling you, you know, man, I had to put mine down about four or five months ago. Shit was not easy. Not easy, yeah. man. So I, I, and I, sincerest sympathies man i know how tough that can be um sorry they had to go through it man but i always say this i always say this always take comfort in the good life you gave them you know what i mean so there you go exactly exactly this episode by the way speaking of the good life we're living now of morning combat is presented by none other than FanDuel sportsbook folks make every moment more with FanDuel sportsbook on that ass. Luke, anything else you want to talk about before we get rip-roaring into this fun time Friday event we got going on? Well, I got to take my daughter to see the new Trolls movie tonight, which uh, I told my wife already, you're driving because I'm going to have enough edibles to kill a horse in my stomach. So just so you know... (laughs) You're like, I'm going to have Delta 17 in my body. She's like, what's, what's that? It's all of them combined. That's yeah, yeah. I've got the entire, uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like every number you could imagine, I'm just going to shove it together and then eat it. And then it's going to be that. So Yeah, yeah. you're definitely going to accidentally like sho- shove some kid to the ground when you're walking out. You're just going to be oblivious. No, no, it's going to be, there's going to be news headlines tomorrow. It's like first man in history ODs on marijuana gummies. It's going to be me. There, there, there it was right there. Uh, Mikey Mormile, CBS Sports on the ones and twos, our fantastic producer. So thank you very much. Shout him out. Morningcombat at gmail.com to reach the show or really reach Mikey if you get what we're talking about. So if you're willing to show your shaft, and I hope you don't, we're not going to see it. All right. That's how this show works. Uh, Luke Thomas, it's time to bang, though, Tui. So let's get into it right off the top. We start our Friday like we always do. Head to head five picks it's a busy weekend of bellator 301 tonight ufc fight night tomorrow we let got me just say boxing. this though let me just say this and i'm and i'm not i'm not trying to dump on anyone i'm just trying to call it as it is right yep dude does anybody give a fuck about this bellator event tonight it's really good why doesn't anybody care that's, they, they didn't that's what I, yeah remember i didn't ask like was it good because i agree with you like there's like legit fights up and down this card i can't detect the slightest bit. I mean, Bellator is truly going out with an absolute whimper uh, on this. Not their last event, because I guess PFL is going to keep the brand alive or whatever. But like in this current Paramount era or whatever that's ending, nobody cares. And I cannot believe how little they care. But they don't. They don't care. I, I hope they will afterwards, because it should be a good event tonight. A really good event. It should. Chicago. It should. Showtime. You can watch it. And I had one other plug. Oh, oh yeah. Dude, how about this? YouTube.com slash morning combat hey guys we got the goods for you whether you want the serious interviews whether you want bc and mike perry going ham for about 20 something minutes luke that was as wild a mike perry run as i've had in that interview that people can check out he did hang up at the end when i complimented his beautiful wife did you get a chance to see this piece of business at all (laughs) 
I didn't get to the end yet. I've started it. I'm about halfway done. <laughs> Mike Perry is one of a kind. And, yeah. uh, dude, deceptively clever. You know, he does the oh, whole brilliant. mean mugging bit, but he's clever. He is brilliant as a, like, sort of viral marketer in terms of getting you to care about his weird life. And, by the way, his weird life, I freaking love. So, thank you, Mike Perry. Also, I chatted with Eddie Alvarez last yesterday. It's a very good chat. You have, we talked UFC 300. We talk the end of Bellator, a lot of other topics. Check that out, as well as all the incredible content we've given you over the past couple of weeks. Nobody puts the fist right inside of you and then turns it like MK. Remember that, okay? You don't see aerial fist in people, do you? I certainly hope not. Maybe. Well, <laughs> you're like after hours, maybe. But yeah. yeah, I hope not. All right. Here we go. Head to head. Five picks each. You already know what this is called. This week's OK Bet segment, by the way, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment count. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today because it's fueling this segment where we find out who's going to be at a concert next year that they're really not going to enjoy. This one's called OK Bet. All righty, Luke. Last week we tied. We both went three up and two down. So we stay at the same level. Your OK bet standings BC in the lead 81, 85, and one, yet below 500 for sure. Luke Thomas, 79, 82, and four. Also below 500. <laughs> Luke, how would you describe your, because, you know, I'm team vibes. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll yeah. live and die with the feels. How do you describe your recent dip? Uh, well, I sort of, so here's what I've actually done. I went, I was high and then I've dipped and now I've kind of risen a little bit, but leveled off. I've oh, leveled off. I haven't, I haven't made like a chunk bit of pro, you know, they call it chunk yardage. In American mm -hmm. football, I have not. I'm not getting any chunk yardage. I'm just running the ball for like three yards every time, and uh, I'm getting the first downs, I guess, but not much more. Well, Luke, I have one piece of sound to throw to before we make our picks for the week. And if you want another reason to get fired up for Bellator 301, there's an Italian gangster who ran his mouth and went wild yesterday. His name is Danny Sabatello. I'm gonna want to find out. Do you care about what this man has to say? Let's go the videotape it would be nice for this shit to end because he's very below me and i don't really want to give him the fucking press and make his name any bigger but i don't think this will ever end this doesn't have a happy ending i think no matter what i'm always gonna fucking hate rock down stats i don't care if he hates me or not he's irrelevant um and, and again even after this fight after i do beat the shit out of him um i don't know if he's gonna retire or not but i'm always gonna want to fight him I'll, I'll fight him again in two weeks i'll fight him again in three weeks i'll fight him again in four weeks as our career goes on for up to me, every single fucking fight would be against this little fucking bitch. But unfortunately, it won't go that way. But no, I don't think it ends Friday. Even though it would be nice, it would be a nice little staple to say sayonara, goodbye, never see you again. But I will always fantasize about putting my fucking elbow through his skull. Luke, he's talking about Rafion Stotts. We get the rematch whether you ask for it or not tonight. But I want you to know the Italian gangster says hashtag fight forever. It's never over, Luke. Just like the Mayweathers, I'm sorry, the McGregors versus the uh, the Dagestanis, it's never over, according to Cole. Yeah, it's never over. Fuck size and King Cobra, uh, which they say in the Army of the Pharaohs. So, yeah. Okay, did I that get you excited that we might see some fisticuffs tonight? Or you no, their first fight uh, sucked ass. I mean, I do like Rafael Stotts, and I do think Danny Sabatello is talented, but their first fight um, sucked the sweat off a of dead man's balls. So okay. I'm not that, I'm not that pumped right. for it, no. Yes. It was Which not – I did not – I had to drink champagne for the pain when I watched their first fight. That's what I had to do. 
Could you repeat that phrase you just said in terms of uh, sucking? Yeah, it's, I think it's from uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Suck the sweat off a dead man's balls. <laughs> True or false, that's exactly what happened in your back seat while your car was stolen. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Almost a guarantee. Almost yeah, yeah, yeah. a guarantee, man. Uh, I didn't have a camera, thank God, but yeah, probably. All right, Luke, I'm going to go first because I'm in the lead, and I'm going to hold the lead with my feel bag, if you know what I'm saying. Main event, we basically kind of allowed ourselves to choose. You want to go UFC Fight Night. You want to go Bellator 301. I'm going UFC Fight Night. Let me read you the updated FanDuel odds at the moment. Here we go. Minus 440. Brendan Ooh. Allen, your favorite riding an incredible win streak becoming sort of a sleeper in this division he wears a dead animal on his head although it may be a recreation but paul craig across from him plus 310 hey luke when we interviewed paul craig we we caught a few of his feels i was hoping to catch some secondhand feels if you know what i'm talking about right because true or false he left our room service diaries interview in london in that hotel suite and went directly not to a liquid lunch well it may have been liquid i don't know how much he gets down but uh, you know what I mean? Like there was there was pie involved, Luke, right? You know what I'm saying, right? You yeah, know? he had to. Uh, he pulled a Danny Garcia. You know what I'm saying? He had to go yeah. make that thing rain. You know? Wow. So he gave the feels that day, and you know what? I was looking at this matchup in depth. I respect what Brendan Allen brings to the table, but Luke, there is a thing in this game where when you start putting together a win streak against the let's say mid tier guys, and you're starting to show that you're ready for the top tier. Sometimes there's an adjustment period of getting to the level that Brendan Allen is right now. Main event, close up, all eyes on you. A side, betting favorite. And it would not be the first time, think Grant Dawson against uh, Bobby Green just a few months ago or weeks ago, whatever it was. Sometimes you just find out the fighter may have the skills, but experience sometimes can matter in these situations. And I did look back at Paul Craig's middleweight debut and cutting down there was it just a, a, a comfortability to it, a confidence to it, a smoothness in a lot of ways to how he put that fight away against Muniz and took it. I'm going hashtag feels and I'm not hiding it. Team vibes all the way. Paul Craig by upset to continue this middleweight reinvention. And it's not a, a stab at Brendan Allen. I just think he's going to come out there and find out, Luke, that there's a little bit more to have gone through and experience and learn to whether you're really ready for this level. Uh, I guess I don't fully understand that, if I could be honest with you. Yeah, bring um, it, Luke. Let's, let's, let's unwrap it a little bit. So their records are 17-6-1, which means Paul Craig has 20, let's see, he would have 24 fights. Brendan Allen is 22-5. and five. He's got 27 fights. He's literally got more fights than the other guy. What True, experience are you, you referring to? Do you value being in main events, which Paul Craig has been in the light heavyweight division or being, you know, having more experience at a higher level tasting, you know, big defeat on a high level, which Paul Craig also has. Yeah. Sometimes but this isn't matters. a big card at a big place. This isn't the fucking apex. That's fair. This will play into your hands if it goes this way, but I'll tell you what, even though Brendan Allen is very good on the ground as well. And you might be asking me, BC, how is Paul Craig going to pull this off? I don't know. How's he going to do it? I don't know. <laughs> no, uh, Luke, he's going to do it. Hashtag team vibes. What do we got? What's the prop? 
Ah, oh, you would think after being like, yo, Mackenzie Dern minus 4,000, bitch-ass motherfuckers, you, you think you might dial it back a little, but no, you double down, huh? And upon further reference of these odds, yeah, maybe minus 400, Paul Craig would have been more acceptable. Maybe, Luke, 450, probably. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? I will say I'm this, pop quiz, Craig. BC, how old is Paul Craig? 35. How old is Brendan Allen? Uh, 27 or 8-ish. 27, right? 27. 27, he's 22 and 5. Like, Brendan Allen is only now starting to get whatever, however good he's going to be. He's only now starting to hit it, and he's already as good as he is. Now, I do agree that the odds are a little off on this one. Like, I mean, minus 400 for a guy who is very tricky, very slick, and, you know, not afraid to initiate a sequence where... The consequences either way could be, you know, very dire. A lot of guys don't want to do that. They want to be very methodical and slow about it. That's really not what Paul Craig does. Paul Craig is immediately shoves you into the pool on the deep end and is ready to go. Um, and sometimes that backfires and sometimes it doesn't. I do agree that that kind of thing probably Brendan Allen has not faced before. He's not faced somebody because even Muniz, who has good jiu-jitsu, is not quite like that. Paul Craig is very yeah. anomalous in that way. So Paul Craig can it, turn a negative situation into a finish win pretty quickly, and I don't want to underrate that, that talent. That's big. Dude, even if never, for, never forget. I mean, we now know that Ankalaev is a bit of a donk, but yeah. Ankalaev was beating the, the bejesus out of him and then just kind of farted the last, what was it, 30 seconds or something and got submitted at the end of the third round. So Never trust a fart, Luke, even in your 30s and 40s, right? Never yeah, trust Yeah, dude, never. Fart, right? You got to get them dude wipes. But yeah. the point I'm trying to make is Brendan Allen, um, I think we're just about to find out how good he is. And I think it's going to be pretty good. So I'm going to go the opposite. Give me Brendan Allen in this main event. Um, I don't know exactly how it's going to go. I think it's going to be violent and weird by the time it ends. But everything in between is a little harder to say. I think Brendan Allen's going to want to have a very methodical fight. And Paul Craig's going to want to have a very, um, you know, shoot for the stars kind of fight. Like, just go for it right away kind of fight. And so it'll really be up to Brendan Allen to negate that, control it, slow it down just a little bit, and then apply his game. We'll see if he can do it. But I'll take Brendan Allen in that main event. Also, BC, because I have to make another pick this week since I'm behind on the overall yes. amount of picks. Since so many people I picked end up falling out before the fights themselves happen. Uh, so I'm for that Bellator main event, which of course is Yaroslav Amasov taking on Jason Jackson. Uh, you're going to have to give me Amasov. I, I have a super strong degree of respect for Amasov. Jason Jackson is a big guy. He's a very big guy. He's fought several fights at 175. Um, comes from a good team. He can wrestle. He can strike. He's not a pushover. But Amosov, I there's no way to prove this until there's enough crossover to show people this. But Amosov to me is one of the best Walter Waits in the world, and I think he's going to show that here on uh, tonight. Right. tonight. I did watch some Brendan Allen interviews, Luke, where I just didn't, I didn't get the feel, I didn't get what I was looking for. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes that's all a bunch of he's, bullshit. He's rough around the edges. Yeah. I just felt like. I didn't see that confidence that entering the first main event, ready to dominate, ready to take over, ready to go to the next level. I saw a little like looking around. Okay. This is what it's like. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, okay, well you may find out, you may find out. Look, if he gets subbed and then Paul Craig kind of takes the Derek Lewis thing to the next level and drops not only his shorts, but his underpants, but then to honor Brendan Allen defeat has a Davy Crockett hat looking like hair piece around his crumb. Would that lead to him losing his job? <laughs> So are you asking me, does he need a manscaped fucking intervention? Is, is that no, what I'm thinking he, 
does that as a tribute to Brendan Allen in defeat? Like, sorry you went out that way. Check out my Daniel Boone. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Um, maybe I yeah, it's like, call. you know, listen, I know I just subbed you, but also I have an extraordinary overgrowth of pubic hair around my genitals, and I hope that this is some kind of homage to you. <laughs> show is so brilliantly dumb. This show, is, this show doesn't need to exist today. I mean, no. we are just absolutely <laughs> masturbating on air. Yeah. A lot of people are like, who would have won all those awards if MK would have, wouldn't have happened and would have been canceled after the Risen Karate Chop? We'll never know. Let's go to favorite, though. I'm going to go to Bellator 301 this evening. Look, I like AJ McKee at lightweight. I like I like the challenge that Sydney Outlaw is going to bring. Outlaw is a plus 210 underdog to the minus 270 favorite in McKee. But, Luke, I agree with a lot of how you broke this fight down. For as good as Outlaw is, McKee's just better. And his lightweight debut against Spike Carlisle wasn't perfect, but it showed you what he's all about. Unfortunately, Luke, he's out of this Grand Prix, although we did see him fight in Japan recently. But I like where AJ McKee's at. I'm wondering what his future – we haven't talked about that. If this merger goes down like we think with Bellator and PFL eventually bringing the brands together – Dude, AJ McKee has to be on the short list of the biggest building blocks they would have for the future. So I think he enters that future with some nice momentum, knowing what's at stake here. He gets the job done. Give me an easy favorite win for AJ McKee. Look, it's a good opponent, but AJ McKee is that dude still. I still believe in that. I do. Yeah, that's a good bet. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Bellator card for this one as well for my favorite. 155, part of the tourney. I think Alexander Chablis is going to beat the shit out of Patricky Pitbull. I like Patricky Pitbull. I think he's come a long way. Um, you know, trying to live up to your brother's expectations cannot be easy, especially when your brother is the best guy to ever fight in Bellator. But at the same time, uh, it doesn't matter. Oh, Chablis is oh, look, just... We're just going to break all the rules. Chablis a minus 750 favorite on, on FanDuel. I mean, what are we yeah. doing here? What were the rules? I've forgotten them. <laughs> Uh, we usually try to keep it to like minus 350 and under. I mean, can I just have this one, please? I mean, can I? Can I? I don't feel like picking another one. Can I just have this one? Wow. Wow. You're like, we're doing this head to head battle. Right. I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. How about this? How about this? If he loses, if Chablis loses, you can count it twice. How about that? No, no, because look, you've already cheated. You've got the Brendan Allen fight in there twice. So you've already kind of cheated to begin no, with. No, I took the Brendan Allen fight out. I took it out. Oh, you took it out at the end there. Yes, under I took it out. All right, all right, all right. I took it out, I took it uh, out. All right, I'll give you this mulligan and this bonus, but you'll owe me one by the end of the season. You know that, okay? You know that. All right, probably will. You know what? I, I, that's okay. Uh, I probably will. I, if you give me this one, I'll you, listen, you scratch my balls. I'll just enjoy it. <laughs> all right. Alexander Chablis is Luke's favorite, and we're all be treat we're all be cheering for Patricky big time. Let's go over to the underdog. So here's the deal. I still can't figure out why this rematch between Stotts and Sabatello, which Rafian Stotts won a split decision the first time. It looked deserving, even though the fight blew. And now we have Danny Sabatello as a minus 122 favorite against Stotts. Even though Sabatello's fresh off. A first-round submission loss to Magomed Magomedov. Interesting. You're telling me I can get Rafian Stotts plus 100? I understand he's got to come back from that flying knee knockout loss to Patchy Mix. But I know he's motivated. I know he hates Sabatello. I have to believe, Luke, for as bad as that first fight was, and boy was it, that we will see more striking in this one. Stotts is a better striker than the two. I'm very comfortable here taking Stotts with the underdog pick. And even if the fight sucks, he can still get one of those decisions by trying to out-wrestle Sabatello. He's got more tools. He takes more chances offensively than Sabatello. That's the difference in this matchup to me. 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. But Sabatello does have like really, 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 really good wrestling. Um, there, that is a thing. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Don't die. Is that for, a, for my underdog? I'm gonna. Did I just hear the Newark train station come out of you? Look, what is that? I haven't been in the Newark train station in some time. But you know, when your daughter comes home from preschool and then sneezes in your mouth. Oh boy! I, I wow. don't really know what to do. I don't really know what to do about that. You know, you're just yeah. uh, you're just gonna be sick. So there you go. Uh, for me on my underdog pick, BC, I'm gonna go back to the UFC card, and I actually really like this fight because it's not my favorite fight per se um, in terms of like oh it's the best you can get or whatever, but I do think it's pretty well matched. I'm gonna take the underdog here, Chase Super fighting Jordan Levitt. Jordan Levitt is a slight underdog at FanDuel, not a you know, modest underdog, plus 180 to Chase Hooper's minus 235. Now, Chase Hooper, in terms of a grappling contest, is coming off of beating Clay Guido by calf slicer. So, you know, he, the, my man's got skills on the mat. He's growing into his man strength. Um, but Jordan Levitt is also pretty clever on the ground. He couldn't get it done against Patty, but he should be able to get it done against Chase Hooper, I think. So give me Jordan Levitt. Jordan Gordon Levitt from Third Rock from the Sun, Luke. Decent actor. Did you ever see 50 First Dates with, uh, or 500 Days of Summer with, uh, all right, I'm going down a long rabbit 50 hole. 50 First but... Dates I've seen. I've not seen 500 oh, Days of that. Summer. 500 Days of Summer with uh, with Zoe Deschanel, who I used to love, Luke, until she married one of those weird property brothers. Now I'm out. I'm out, dude. I'm out. Isn't, she, isn't, isn't it Zoe Deschanel? Yeah, probably, Luke. But do you think we've gone on, on record being 100% across the board on pronunciations and or caring about the pronunciations no. of regular white women I on the I did see this TikTok trend, and it was, what's a word that you didn't know how it was pronounced and you said it in public, and everyone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And one person yeah. had, um, for manslaughter, they, had, they didn't know how it was pronounced, so they said man's laughter. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah, I saw that clip. that's a bad one. I saw another one, too, where it was uh, RVCA, and they were like, <laughs> yeah, all right, there you go. Dude, I hey, had let's... never heard it pronounced. I had oh, never heard know. it pronounced. Wow, all right. Didn't BJ Penn come from there? Yes, yes. Or at a bare minimum had a sponsorship agreement, but oh, yes. Speaking of future Governor Penn, did you see that he conspiracy theorized on Instagram that it was a Donald Trump body double that showed up at UFC 295, but then added in, and by the way, I'm still voting for Trump. How do you, yeah. I mean, what do you make of that? Um, I think CTE is a terrible thing. Oh, wow. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm not trying to be difficult, but I'm like, yeah. how, how, f how cooked do you have to be to say and believe things like that? I don't, I don't really know. It probably very far, you know? Also, do you see the Jan Six guy with the Brendan Allen hat is going to run for Congress? Oh, the uh, what's his name? The QAnon shaman is that his name? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hope, hope he wins. <laughs> That'd be very fun for me. Okay, here we go. Uh, keeping the trend going here. Over under. Will it go the distance or not, dude? I'm going to go off the menu a bit here. Bellator 301 preliminary card heavyweights Ooh. Tyrell Fortune versus Marcelo Golm. They both finish and get finished often. This fight will not go the distance. All right. That's a fair point. Uh, BC, I'm also going to go to the Bellator card. I don't, I don't know if it's on the prelims. Let me see where it, it is. is. Yeah, it, it, is. it is on the prelims. Yeah, you know me, dude. I, I don't really fuck around too much with these. Denise Kielholtz taking on Sumiko Inaba. Um, fine fight, by the way, at Flyweight Women's 125. Good contest, actually. But uh, give me that fight going the distance. So there you go. Eat shit.
Wow, Luke, Luke breaking a lot of rules on this. Just you know, some are legality rules, others are just like sportsmanship and honor. He's like, nah, bro, I'm not going to that jam band show. Stuff it, Oteal. By the way, Oteal was texting me about your Newark hate, Oteal Burbridge. He wanted to shout out that Wayne Shorter, the late great, amazing uh jazz player, Luke, who was in Weather Report, was you know, had one of the greatest careers of all time from Newark. I had no idea. I thought it was Shakur Stevenson and you know, communicable diseases that that were the notable alumni. Yeah, you know what? You know what's also from Newark: urban blight and sadness. So there you go. Oh, okay, all right, here you go. Looks like take your jazz fusion and suck it. No, Luke. There's two cities the in one? America I've had a knife pulled on me. Right, one here is D.C. in the 1980s. The other one was Newark, New Jersey, in 2003. So, oh, wow. so yeah. Okay, all right. You know you can die in Patterson too, Luke. Just one T, right? There's one Patterson, tea in Patterson, New Jersey? Yeah, yeah, you can also there's there's also high tea all around that city. You can die very easily. There's no question, right? You know what I mean? It's, I'll tell you, you a story about the, You ever seen Do you know what the do you know what the uh, official like city motto is of Trenton? Trenton, no. New Jersey? And I see it cuz every time I'm on the Amtrak train they pass right by it both ways coming and going. Trenton makes the world takes. And I'm like, "Guys, I don't think we need you. I don't really I just don't think we need you at all." Sorry, Trenton, you're worthless. Trenton takes Luke Thomas bakes. That's how this how this transaction works. Yeah, uh, K or sub time, Luke. Uh, I'm gonna go for this. Wow, a lot of Bellator showing up here. Jason Jackson versus Yaroslav Amosov. I know you've picked Amosov for your main event pick. Ooh. I'm going to pick this ends by submission. Wow, that's the, a ballsy pick. Tell me why you did that. I think Amosov's gonna be able to take him down. I don't know if he's going to have the success with the ground and pound. I think, though, if this fight goes into those championship rounds, although Jason Jackson is durable and tough as shit, Amosov raises his game to another level. Look at the Storley rematch when he was coming off two years away from the sport. Look at the form that he's in right now. Even though I like Jason Jackson a lot, I think he's a just a little bit of a step down. I think Amosov could hurt him, potentially get on his back there and pull away a championship round rear naked choke. So I'm going sub here. A lot of lot of dice roll. I'm look, I'm rolling. Yeah. I'm I'm, go, I'm going for it right now, you know? Yeah, I mean? a little bit, a little bit. I see that. I respect that. Uh for me I go back to the UFC card. Uh, the, these I feel like this one and the underdog one are the hardest ones for me to get right, but uh, I'm going to go Michael Morales versus Jake Matthews ending in KO. Michael Morales mm -hmm. a physical tank. In this division, Jake Matthews not so not so easy to put away. In fact, most of the time he gets put away. Um, it's been via submission, or if he loses, it's via decision or something like that. But I feel like he's going to strike it out a little bit more with Morales, and Morales is a tough customer either way. Um, this one I'm going to sort of take a flyer on as ending in uh, KO. All right, so Luke, let's recap here. I'm a couple couple ahead of you here. It's close to shit. Every week it could produce a new leader. We're at November seventeenth. It's getting, it's getting there. It's getting nigh, getting right? Let me ask you a question. So the last big UFC event of the week of the year, excuse me, is December sixteenth. Assuming there are other events after that, like like I, I don't even know, but like a Ryzen event or KSW event, are we going to count those? Well, uh, let's talk about this now. On the twenty third of December, you're going to get that big Wilder Fury boxing pay per view, and yeah. on the twenty sixth, you're going to get. Uh, Niowa Inoue, who's going to be a monster favorite, the monster against Topolis to unify titles there at 122. Um, I don't think that is enough for like one week of stuff. Is there fight night cards or any other major? Oh, when's the uh, PFL championship? That's 25th. That. 25th of this month, which, by the way, I applied for credentials to that, so I should be going. 
Oh, I hope that smart cage denies you, Luke. Denies you. <laughs> Sorry, you can't get in. <laughs> yes, disassemble. Yes, disassemble. Uh, I'm saying that maybe we end it with the December 16th UFC card. Maybe that's our championship end lot final because we may go into that week, you know, two or three games apart, two or three picks apart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we'll have to talk about this with Mikey, but it, it's it might be December sixteenth might be the last one. So we've got about about a month left or so, give or take. Can't wait! Can't wait to bring you, drag you to a and show. And by the way, I already said it on Twitter. April twenty twenty four. It's a festival, so you only have to go one day. It's not the whole three day thing. I, there's no way that would work. But for one of those days, there's the metal and beer fest. So first of all, you can get a great you can get a great you know pint of beer, which is yeah. not you know the worst thing in the world. But uh, I think it's at uh, the Fillmore in Philly. They're going to have the Metal and Beer Festival. And one of the days is headlined by Biohazard. One is headlined by Deicide. And then the other one is headlined by Dying Fetus. You're going to go. If I win, you're going to the Dying Fetus show with me. And we're going to enjoy We're gonna enjoy hearing, um, you know, make them beg for death. We're going to enjoy that. Uh, Jake Von Amsterdam, get up in the bullpen with that doc cam. We're definitely going to need you, whether we have the budget or not. Um, all right. Oh, Luke, let me ask this, though. Let me yeah. ask this. Who's paying for this? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Because it ain't going to be showtime. <laughs> Apparently that's another discussion that we need to have offline, Luke. But this will happen. You better freaking believe it. Yeah, it will happen takes, one way or the other. A little bit to set it up. It's got to be the right show at the right time. Hey, by the way, people want to, they might dead wrong you today. I don't know. But didn't you say that you wish somebody would walk out to Sepultura and then they're like, that's freaking Poetan's theme song anyway. He's yeah, dude, I haven't, he, that, that might be it. I have it muted almost every time. I did not know that. So, so yeah. You start uh, listening to the commentary on pay-per-views, Luke. I think that's it's really that's not, it's really that. not, it doesn't add much to me at this point. Um, Yeah. Well, that's funny because every time Laura Senko's on a show, you listen the whole freaking thing. Yeah, Laura Senko is really good. She's really good. All right, Luke. Uh, this segment of OK Bet. You don't think she's been. good? I think she's great. She's yeah. very good to great. She's fantastic. That was not a slight at her. It was a slight at you, as was okay. this. Okay, Japan, this was at Luke. When uh, I was being racist, I was being racist at the white guy. Oh, yes, worry, I was being racist doing? at my friend to, to roast him, right? Uh, this okay, this bet segment has been brought to you by FanBooks, FanDuel Sportsbook. I said it right. FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today. Luke, any other comments on Bellator or UFC before we keep the show moving? Um, you know what? Yes. So let me tell the audience just as a favor about when to expect things. So... 
The prelims start today for uh, Bellator at 5. And I believe, I don't know when the main card goes live. I'll double check that here in just a second, BC. Um, But I just want folks to know, prelims start at 5. And then the Bellator, let's put this up here, Bellator 301. Oops, hang on one second. Uh, I'm trying to get uh, it up here in... uh, You think Kevin Ioli is going to be happy that the UFC show is at the apex and not at the strip so he doesn't have to deal with F1 traffic? I guess. Oh, um, Amasaw versus Jackson. The the main card starts on Showtime today, 9 p.m. in the East. So prelims, five. Main card, nine. There. Whoop. There it is. Hey, let's get into topic number one and move this show along. So, Luke, I spent Wednesday's show belating my future pound for pound king. Unbeaten Shakur Stevenson going for a world title in a third weight class at age 26. Moving up, of course, to 135. He made his debut there earlier this year. The WBC vacant lightweight title at stake. Uh, Luke, he won that title. But how he won it against Edwin De Los Santos brought booze from the crowd beginning in round two. They only escalated through the championship rounds. Twitter had a field day. It's clear Shakur Stevenson had some form of a left-hand injury, although in the post-fight interview, he did not want to get into it, did not want to make excuses, was evasive. But here's the deal. This great fighter took home a unanimous decision, 116-112, 115-113, and 116-112. And in the process, by the way, limited his very dangerous opponent, Dominican Republic Southpaw slugger De Los Santos, to a CompuBox record of just 40 punches landed over 12 rounds. But Luke, none of that tells the actual story of this fight of which Shakur outlanded De Los Santos 65 to 40 in total. How would you describe (laughs) the reaction? And is it justified that people are dropping doogies on good old Shakur after this performance? Dude, I tried to watch this thing and I could barely get through it. Um, People started booing at round two. They could vi- you could visibly see them start to leave by round six. Um, it, we have a, a stat here. I think you may have read it, but just to, for folks who may not know, forty punches landed were the lowest in CompuBox history over twelve rounds. That was De Los Santos's output, and it was punch stats sixty-five to forty in favor of Shakur. I mean, BC. Here's the thing, right? This is what I noticed about it. There were times maybe midway through the fight where you could tell Shakur was had had all the reads he needed to. Yep. And then just didn't do anything about it. Like never changed what he was doing, just kind of kept doing the same thing. And you know, I get the game, hit and don't get hit, fine. Um he didn't get hit very much. That's true. But Stevenson turned in an absolute Okay, he could have been injured. We don't know. I don't know what the situation is. I can only know what I saw. And what I saw was absolute, like, just dog shit. I mean, it was one of the worst, most boring performances I've absolutely ever seen. This, I mean, here's how bad this is, BC. You really have to ask a question about not so much his talent because one performance, while really, really bad, doesn't undo some of the stuff he's done, which has been quite magical up to this point. Sure. But what you do have to say is, as a box office attraction, this was a disaster for him. A disaster. Devin Haney was tweeting during the fight or close to the end of it, I should have offered him 10%. 
not 25%. I saw other people saying the only way they would ever watch Shakur is if he fought Tank Davis, who is reliably action-oriented and a monster power puncher. Uh, other than that, they have no interest in him. BC, he'll, he'll, he still has my respect. He still has your respect. We still know, again, one, one fight doesn't undo the rest of his career. But for making people want to see him, yes. dude, he shit the bed big time with, with, well, that, with that performance last night. Here's his post-fight quotes during the interview with Bernardo Osuna afterwards. I had a bad performance tonight. That's all I'm really focused on. I wasn't feeling too good, so I'll live with it. It's okay. I came here and got the victory, and that's all I wanted to do. When they asked about the left hand, he said, I don't got nothing to say about that. I don't make excuses. It happens. We go through a lot of that as fighters. I just didn't feel good. I didn't feel good before the fight. Honestly, I had already told myself that if I feel like this in the ring and it's not going well, I'm going to make sure that I box and get that victory, end quote. So here's what I got to say, because, look, I am in a position where – I've been bold. I've been telling you left and right. We can't mention Shakur's name without me saying, you know what? I think he's the future pound Paul for pound king, and he's probably the only guy that reminds me actually of Floyd. He's a long southpaw who can do anything. And oh, by the way, I love to tell you on Wednesday that his last four fights, he's been walking dudes down, taking risks. Not get, he just knocked that dude the hell out in April. I mean, he's doing things. But if I'm going to carry that energy into the fight, I've got to carry a different energy on the way out. First and foremost, was it masterful what he did with one hand against a dangerous opponent, limiting him to just 40 landed and really preventing De Los Santos from like going after it? I think there's some blame that should go to Edwin De Los Santos, who afterwards just called Shakur a runner, which you can understand. I will give Shakur that, that it's the same thing I've said about Terrence Crawford. He's really exciting right now. He started a little bit differently. The first time we saw him on TV on HBO against Brightest Prescott, he had moved up in weight, took an opportunity last minute, and really just kind of controlled that thing from distance. We saw a couple fights, but Terrence Crawford made those adjustments. He became more offensive, but I always knew in the back of my head, as Shakur knows about himself, that if he needs to win a fight that way from the outside, not taking any chances, he can do it. So from that regard, there actually is something Shakur will take from this. But Luke, you nailed it on the on the short term, on the perception, on the commercial value. In my opinion, if you're Shakur Stevens, who, Steven, who we all know is great, you can't be all fight week saying that you're going to sleep De Los Santos, getting in his face after the, after the press conference and saying you done fucked up and just really bringing it to him after the weigh-in when they had that face-off, basically promising that you're going to make him pay and you're going to knock him out while all week ripping De Devin Haney and calling him a ducker against you and doing all these things and then come out with a performance like that. If this was a co-main event or an undercard fight somewhere, you'd go, okay, the fight blew, he got the W, live and learn, grow, get to the next fight, we'll see what happens. But Luke, this was a showcase fight, and I don't mean showcase from the opponent level. It's a tough opponent, and this was a legit vacant title fight. But this was F1 week in Vegas. Let's put a smart move. Let's put a top-ranked ESPN card on Thursday night in the big arena. Not the little ones, not the Cosmo Theater, in T-Mobile Arena. And let's proclaim Shakur as everything that I've been saying that he might be. In that regard, it's a massive failure. So, Luke, when you look at the tape, which is not fun to watch, he did push forward against De Los Santos. But every time De Los Santos showed any posture of coming with a punch, Stevenson just backpedaled, got out yes. of the way. But worse, anytime De Los Santos did kind of overreach, the openings were there for the counter left hand. Tim Bradley was talking about it on the commentary the whole fight. I can't speak to the pain because Shakur's not telling us, 
But even with an injured hand, Luke, I mean, he just won the fight with a jab. And that's due to his brilliance, his defense, his movement. But this was a, a, a short-term monster setback in the idea of being able to brag about yourself and the idea of being able to tell people that this guy is must-see, which I called him on Wednesday. This performance, not must-see at all. And on top of that, Luke, there's like, I don't know if you noticed, a lot of celebrities in the crowd. Michael B. Jordan was in the crowd. Joe yes. Tess accidentally called him Michael B. Carter, by the way. I don't know what that was about. But uh, there was also even more to this. I want to show a picture that Andre Ward posted on his Instagram of what happened backstage. Look at this pound-for-pound pound king lineage here. Terrence Crawford on yeah, the far left. this is left. a fucking insane photo, man. Shakur next to him, who's, no, not the pound-for-pound pound king. I have him in the in the in between five and ten in my list, but he's getting there. Floyd Mayweather next to him, Andre Ward on the far right. Paulie Malignaggi repurposed this photo and put their combined record. 141 in O. Shakur went on to walk out to the ring with purpose with Terrence Crawford over one shoulder and Andre Ward over the other. This was, in a lot of ways, walking to the ring, an announcement. You see these guys? I'm of this ilk, right? This is who I am. And while, yes, there were certain levels of masterful in how with one hand he won the fight from distance and limited his opponent to 40 punches landed, but short term, that's a major hit to his reputation. You got to call it out, and I think you got to call out the rightful trash talk that came in response. I don't know who people think really won that debate that Haney and Shakur has had, where where Shakur says he ducked him and moved up in weight to fight Progray when he should have defended against his mandatory, which was Stevenson. You get Haney saying, we offered him 25% and he turned it down. Bob Arum this week came out and said, that offer is false. It never actually happened. They're lying. Regardless of who says that, how does Shakur stand on anything and like fight back? I mean, another tweet from Devin Haney that came out last night was stop that scared narrative. Nobody was ever scared of that bum. He wanted clout. That's all they use my name for. There's like some maybe potential falsities built into that statement, but how can you argue it against it after Shakur has that performance? When, well, when the last time we saw Haney, even if you disputed on the decision, he still went out there and beat Lomachenko. You know what I'm saying? And brought the fight to him. I know it's a different opponent, different situation. I know the left hand matters in this. I'm not saying Shakur had to like wear out this left hand and set himself back. But Luke, there were obvious openings where he could have stepped in there, even with the injury, and showed you exactly who he is and what's he's all what he's all about. And he chose to just take the the W and go. Long term, this may actually be the best move for him. We don't know. Short term, it sucks and you can't defend it. I'm sorry, you can't. Yeah. Do you know who's another big winner we haven't even talked about from last night? Frank Martin. Frank Martin was a guy who had basically we thought locked up a deal to fight Shakur Stevenson yes. that it fell apart and everyone and their brother was accusing Frank of ducking and it could have been that I don't we don't know could have been. exactly we don't know what, what really happened with that we yeah. still don't we know, don't what, know happened. what really happened so it's it is weird but like I can understand why someone might look at that and be like well he ducked I, I get that but after last night you might be saying oh, Frank Martin dodged a bullet in terms of being involved with a guy who is hard to hit and also would have just brought you know, the whole atmosphere down. Instead, he probably gets to fight somebody else. And on top of it, now Frank Martin can be like, oh, you guys said I was afraid of that guy. That's the guy you think I was afraid of. He had tweeted like a laughing emoji and then like a dinner plate with a fork and a knife. Like this, I could, I could have eaten this guy alive. And Frank Martin, I tell you what, if Frank Martin had fought that guy last night, BC Frank Martin might've won. He might've won that contest. Frank Martin's slick you know. and powerful. And so... 
He comes out of this looking way better than he did before. Not a great night for Shakur Stevenson. Not at all. Do you throw any shade at De Los Santos? This was his moment, his opportunity. And I felt like he never fully committed to like trying to corner Shakur and just go after it. A little bit. I do a little bit. I don't think he, like, if you ask, did he do everything he possibly could have? I don't, I don't know that you can look at this and be like, yeah, he sure did. Um, on the other hand, I don't really think about this as like, oh, Edwin De Los Santos just didn't do what he was supposed to. I look at this like there was one guy who had a job to do. And again, if he was injured, you know, what can you say? It is what it is. But um, the, the lion's share of the blame and the lion's share of the fallout will fall, whether it should or it shouldn't, right on top of the head of Shakur Stevenson. Bad night. Real bad right. night. Well, Luke, you already know that I grew up around crazy I'm kind of normal with crazy in some ways i kind of like it i mean my favorite combat sports fighter right now is mike perry go watch my 20 minute interview with him it's out of control it's great i love it but i have a second favorite combat sports athlete too and luke you know where i come from naugatuck connecticut they this is on record they pumped chemicals in the river for like 50 years without even without even caring about the future that was my drinking water. okay maybe not directly but that was my drinking water luke okay my second favorite crazy person is one 140 pound champion you know him as roly right rolando romero um sign up for ko's he's been ripping shakur for like a long time it's just nobody seems to i don't know people don't like roly i get why luke i mean there's some controversies in his wins i get Again, it last night was not a great showcase but but shakur is infinitely better than roly that's why people are allowed to dunk on you when you have a performance like that so let's see what yes. roly said mikey's grabbed these these could be fun let's go into this um <laughs> Rolly says, can, can, I, uh, can I read these in his voice? Please. This motherfucker invented the cure for insomnia. Um, <laughs> I never seen a fight announced with the lights off. Must be the lack of attendance to the most boring fighter in history. Uh, how about this one? I'm going to stop with the voice. Mental pressure, a term used when a top-ranked fighter is doing absolutely nothing but standing there, but they got to convince the public they are winning the fight. Example, Loma is applying mental pressure to Lopez. Crying laughing emoji. Shakur's coochie hurts. Bend over, bitch. Let the coochie breathe. Uh, I just heard his corner say that. (laughs) And then this motherfucker put himself to sleep. That's why he didn't throw any punches. Laughing, crying emoji. I got to tell you, him saying he heard his corner say Shakur's coochie hurt, that that got a little laugh from me. That got a little laugh. That's so good. I don't care that people hate Roley. I love him. I'm trying to create a weekly segment on the show for Roley to just chime in and say shit, Luke. I'd be down for that. Would you you end the show if I did that? You know what's funny is Roley is a bit of a weirdo, but he's still never done anything as weird as getting high on energy drinks and then crashing his car, which was a monster truck, with his own face on the, the side of the monster truck. Do you know who did that? No. Who? Do you remember this? Rampage Jackson did that. Do you remember that? Oh, God. I haven't thought about that in a long time. So Rampage was in a... I don't know if it was a monster truck, but it was like a souped-up truck. Had his face on the side of it, ran from the cops, crashed it. When they asked him what was wrong, he'd like, he hadn't eaten in days and had nothing but energy drinks left and right. Yeah, it was great. Wow, Luke, sounds a lot like your wake-up routine. Unfortunately, I know you very well. I mean, it's not good. Well, you know? I would crash a car with my face on it, but uh, the D.C. youth have stolen it, so what can I do? Yes, yes. So, Luke, Shakur may end up one day with that great group and that same lineage of pound-for-pound players, but I don't know. I don't know what this means for his matchmaking. Now, just remember, when you have a performance in which you don't look great, sometimes it can 
make people go, oh, you ain't that. I'll fight you now. Do you think there's any silver lining where because of that injury and because he chose to fight passively, knowing the skills he had to pull off? Although, look, that, that fight was close on the cards. It could have blown up in his face. Do you think as as probably the most avoided elite fighter of the moment outside of Demetrius Andrade, do you think that this will lead to him getting bigger names? Stevenson? Yes. Or Roley? Or do you think people, Stevenson, do you think people will run from him now? Yeah, people are going to avoid him like the plague. Because here's the reality. The ones who really know, know he's still really good. And they also know he might be box office kryptonite. Like, dude, why would you fight him if you don't have to? Serious question. If you don't have yeah. to, why would yeah. you fight a guy who's both excellent? Again, not when he's... Last night, I realized is the worst showcase for this. But in general, why would you fight a guy who's excellent and is coming off of a fight that had people leaving halfway through the fight in the main event? Like, why the fuck would you do that? So he's going to have a hard time. He's going to have a hard time. And by the way, you, you like... He became a three-weight world champion last night by age, what, 26? What is he? Yeah. What is Shakur Stevenson? 26. 26. Like, people are losing sight of the fact that this was something of an achievement. Now, you could say, you know, at 130 right now, this is not a grand achievement. He didn't beat somebody really, really difficult to get it. But okay, like, you can see the trajectory he's supposed to have been. Last night should have been a big dub for him. And it was only a technical, and it was mostly just a giant L. And I, I, well, I hate I it for him, the- but it's the reality. Sure, and I threw out the offer of would this make people who might be either avoiding him or not want to f- wanting to fight him see an opening. I wonder if you're Vasily Lomachenko. Some people thought you had already beaten Devin Haney earlier this year, and that was a really good fight, by the way, that got overshadowed by the disruption in the scorecards. Uh, do, does this make it to where you go, oh, I see his weakness. I, I can do that. I wonder because I think now that no. he has a title at 135, meaning Shakur, him against Loma would be great. It'd be great. Yeah, did I say 130? I'm sorry, I meant 135. Um, no, I don't think so, dude. I don't think... I think what people... This is what it provided. It provided... That's what I mentioned. We mentioned who was, who was like our huge winner last night? Frank Martin. Frank Martin, as I mentioned before, huge winner. Because now you have reason to be like, I'm not fighting that bump. Because you can tell the public, look how shitty he looked. When in reality, you know he's not shitty. But you do know that like... His stock as a box office attraction has probably never been lower since he got started. And so you yeah. could say, why would I ever, ever take this fight? He's no good. We saw that. Now the world knows. Blah, 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 blah. It's like complete cover for having the option to take something else. And um, he's just going to have to reckon with that. Yeah, better recognize. You know what I'm talking about, Luke? In that co-main event, quickly, by the way, uh, how about Emmanuel? That was a great Nambarete? fight. Robson Conceição, the former gold medalist. It goes down as a majority draw. Two judges had it even. The third judge had it for Navarrete, I believe, by one point. They'll probably do a rematch. Both seem to like that idea. But, Luke, that was a very, very good action fight between two pretty damn near elite guys, right? I mean, this is this was a good-ass fight. Dude, Hobson, I think it's Hobson. Hobson Conceição yeah. got Hobson, off right. the canvas twice. Twice. Yep. And I think won the 12th round. So got off the deck twice to get two scorecards that were a majority draw. Now, it sucks because, obviously, for Conceição, because the title stays with Navarrete. But at the same time, dude, what a fucking ballsy effort from him pushing super hardcore into the last, like, fourth of the fight. And again, especially winning the 12th round. Dude, hats off to Conceição. He took it to him after having Navarrete take it to him. Great. The co-main delivered big time. I really like that fight. 
Do you think Navarrete, who has already won titles in three weight divisions and is so tall, long, and awkward and unorthodox, you think he plans on moving up to 135? And do you think he could do anything against Shakur, or would it be touch and go, touch and go all night long? I don't see anything that tells me he can beat Shakur. Um, he's a good fighter. He's a good fighter. Yeah, That's what you mean. He's limited, but, but he's he's like raw in some ways, but he can make up for that in other ways, right? Like, there's, yeah. it's weird. It's weird. He looked great he's, against Valdez. He's, he's more than just a come-forward brawler. That's really unfair, but yeah. he's not some, like, crisp hybrid between... He's a, he's a boxer-puncher, kind of, but, you know... God, for a guy this good, I don't want to call him limited. Limited in the sense of how many weight classes he could really take over. Limited in that um, sense, but a very, very I meant good limited. I meant limited that there are legitimate technical holes in his game, but I think he covers up for a lot of those holes by being so long and aggressive and awkward, but there are the, there is the right fighter, and Kinsaiso had his moments there where you can exploit that. Um, but I don't know how much higher he can keep moving up. I mean, he's he seems really big, though. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, let's get back to the MMA topic Number two, fight announcements. We want Luke Thomas's reaction. So we teased that this was a rumor reported by Ariel Hawani. Now it looks solid. January 20th, UFC 297 in Toronto. Jan Blahovich versus Alexander Rakic. Uh, this, this seems pretty important here, Luke, in the, in the top five of this division. First fight was not great. Ended in uh, injury, so they're kind of running it back. But I'm... Alexander Rakic has been kind of the forgotten man at 205. Blahovich has kind of been the man. And uh, I think he's... I, I don't know if his time is over or not. This, this fight is really going to sort of tell us a little bit more about that, isn't it? Because the fight against uh, Poetan was close. It was really close. And he's by no means done. But Rakic, I thought, has always had the physical tools to be a great 205-er. And some of the technical tools, but not quite enough. With the time off, how's he going to look? What has he done to his game in the interim? And what's really left of Jan as like a top dog in this division? This is a great, great contest. I don't know how fun the fight will be, but I can say it's very, very meaningful. Yeah, I hope we end up seeing them trade a bit and we get some of that legendary Polish power out there. This could be, I mean, the fight is important. It matters for sure. Staying on this card, 297 in Toronto. Reminder, Sean Strickland, DDP main event. The women's bantamweight vacant title about co-main. Then you've got Jan Blahovich in, in Rakic there. You've already got Arnold Allen and Movsar, Movsar Evloev, which is a fantastic fight. And some of those others that we mentioned, Mike Malott against Neil Magny, Charles Jordan against Sean Woodson. How about this? If this ends up on the prelims, good Lord. So the most handsome man in the Oceanic region, Carlos Ulberg, called out Dominic Reyes for better or worse after his last fight and UFC matchmaker said, how about it? Luke, it's going down in Toronto. Boy, does this feel like uh winner go home for good old Dom Reyes, the former title challenge, two-time title challenger. At, I don't at, give a uh, shit what anybody says. That guy beat John Jones. You can go back and you can watch that fight. It was it was it was uh, not the runaway that folks thought uh that Reyes, some okay, some thought Reyes really housed him. Slightly closer than the Mahetta fight. But I think I don't know. I don't know if I can go. I mean, yeah, in the moment I I guess you could have made the argument. I thought John won that fight. I thought the Mahetta fight, you could have gone the other way, but I don't know. It's all Yeah, close. see, I don't feel that way about the Mahetta fight, although I do recognize it was close and just boring. Uh, but I do feel like Reyes... I, I mean, at a, at a bare minimum, I think Reyes gave him his toughest fight, maybe maybe ever. Because you might say, oh, well, Gustafson gave him his toughest fight, but Gustafson kind of faded much worse. Well, you know, Reyes faded down the stretch. I'd have to go rewatch them, but in either case, it's either Gustafson or Reyes, right? Like, those guys really pushed John. 
And ever since then, it's just been a fucking nightmare for Dominic Reyes. Um, yes. You know, it's funny. Remember, Olberg called this guy out, and we were all kind of like, oh, really? This is, you know, you kind of kind of trying to grab some low-hanging fruit here. But I tell you what, closed mouth, don't get fed. The UFC matchmakers gave him exactly what he wanted. And Olberg's had some issues about defensive liability, but it looks like, to me, he's been tightening some of that up. So big stakes in this one, too. Reyes can get a great win, and when... No one expects it, and Olberg can get a nice win where he can. Um, it should be very manageable for him if, if Reyes is truly shot. So I guess we'll see. Reyes is 33, four fight losing skid, began with the John Jones very close decision at UFC 247, but then stoppage knockout losses in succession to Jan Blahovich for the vacant title, Yuri Prohotska, although boy, did he hurt Yuri in that fight, and then that first round knockout loss to Ryan Spann after having moved his camp in life to Connecticut to join yeah. Glover Teixeira, Poetan, and everything they got going on there. Um, Luke, if it was as simple as me asking you, is it over or is there still time for Dom Reyes? Where do you lean? Yeah, I, I just I say this. If he gets stopped early where like you, you are certain that his chin can no longer take a shot, then it's over. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen and he just loses like a competitive fight, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but if he takes a shot, and I'm not talking like a huge shot, but let's say, you know, like there's some some kind of way to tell that he just can't take a punch anymore, then, um, yeah, it's over. Didn't he, uh, wasn't he like the headline guest you had at a live radio show in Vegas with Misha Tate? Ahead he of wasn't the event? headline guest, no. I had, at that show, I had Valentina and her sister show up, Valentina Shevchenko. With Pavel? I had, huh? With Pavel Fedosov? No, Fedotov. No, just those two. So I had those two. I had the Shevchenko sisters. Izzy showed up. Um, uh, Laura Sanko showed up. Dominic Reyes showed up. Yeah, it was was a big night. I don't think Anthony Anthony Smith... I don't remember if he was there. I don't think he was there. All right. Uh, The same night, Luke, January 20th in Toronto. Hey, I love this shit. Jasmine Jazdavisius against Priscilla Cachoeira. Luke, that screams action and big chances taken and... A lot of wild scrambles as well. Yeah, I love this fight. Love that she's back. Get another chance. You know, her last fight wasn't her best one, but, uh, you know, her improvement is real. Her improvement is quite real. So, love this contest. Good card. You got a Canadian on the card. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, along with Mike Mallott that I mentioned there. Let's keep the calendar going to February 3rd. It's a fight night card. I got four fights for you here. I don't know how much you care about any of these, Luke. Do you like Ali Ashkab Kazirev versus Mahmoud Muradov? Yeah, that's a cool fight next. Themba Garimbo against Kiefer Crosby. Are I these mean, real names? Yeah, awesome, great, cool. Viviana Rajo against Natalia Silva. I'm a big fan. That, one, that one's a little more interesting, in part because your pants will be around your ankles, and also yeah, because <laughs> both of the both of them are physical fighters. And I like the fact that they're that that, that one's got a little bit of edge to it. Yeah, I like that. Luke, I only follow on Instagram ranked fighters. The ones that are ranked in my mind. No, I'm kidding. That's, that was gross. That was, we're going to take that out. We're just going to remove that. We're going to take the chunk and remove it from the show, all right? You, you, <laughs> you're a big, people have asked me, like, hey, do you think UFC Fight Pass will stream boxing fights? And I'm like, I don't know, but I know it's BC's hope that Brazzers will start streaming MMA fights because there's nowhere else he'd rather be. Finally, on that February 3rd fight night card, it's Julia Stolirienko against Luana Carolina. You in or cool. you out? Nah, it's all right. It's cool. Okay. One week later, fight night, February This fight I like. 
Uh, Brad Tavares against RoboCop Gregory Rodriguez. Yeah, Luke, they're going to bang, bro. Let me tell you something about Brad Tavares' resume, dude. Brad Tavares has fought nothing but fucking hammers. Listen to who this guy has fought. Chris Weidman, Bruno Silva. And, you know, not, not all wins. Not all wins. Chris Weidman, Bruno Silva, Drikas Duplessis, Omari Akhmedov, Shoeface, uh, Edmund Shabazian, Izzy, Christoph Jocko, Talis Leitis, Elias Theodoru, rest in peace. Uh, and then Robert Whitaker, Tim Boach, Joel Romero, Lorenz Larkin, Ricky Fukuda, who you might remember, he was a good fighter out of uh, Crazy B Gym for a while. Is there Aaron Simpson, Phil Baroni, Seth Bazinski? Dude, my man, fucking Brad Tavares has been around and fought tough yeah. guys, and RoboCop is another fucking name that he's going to have to go through. You know, I understand that Brad Tavares doesn't have the most sterling record, twenty eight, not a bad record, but you know, he doesn't have a Habib like record. Fair enough. But no one's going to ever say he got the soft touch. This guy has had to fight really tough guys over and over and over again. Good for him, man. Luke, in like fifth grade, we had a sleepover at Nick Rabwani's house, and we he rented RoboCop, and I was so excited. But I was also like, you know when you're a kid and your big action movies come in, you're excited, but you're also like a little nervous. Is this going to scare me? Am I ready for this? That opening scene, spoiler alert, where the man has in the opening scene, the bad guy is the woman in like a chokehold with a knife, and then RoboCop like shoots in that tiny little gap to hit him right in the crotch Luke and shoots his balls. That's that was, I remember thinking like, Oh yeah, I'm onto something good here, dude. I don't care what you say or anybody else. The first RoboCop holds up, dude holds up. Nothing, oh, nothing, nothing will top for me. The first time I saw predator, which was at home on Betamax in the, in the eighties. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's a different movie altogether. Luke. that's an all time. Great. All right. But do you have love for the RoboCop or no, you're done. I didn't you're see out. RoboCop until I was an adult. My parents wouldn't let me. Um, so I didn't catch it till later, but yeah. Wow. Do you ever wonder, Luke, because you had told me once that your sister spent a lot of her youth in France, and we know that you were born in, yeah. in Italy, had stops in Doha. India. And actually, India. India. Had stops in Do wow, did, wow. Right? The C, the C, the king of CTE. Yeah, yeah, that's me, Luke. Uh, also, you lived a cup of coffee in Doha in Japan. Do you ever wonder if you had been born at a different time or your dad's job had gone a different way that you could have had like a completely different even yeah. crazier. In fact, my dad has told me this explicitly. And I asked him, like, what was like, before everything went awry, what was the plan? And the plan was to grow up in Europe. Yeah. When, whenever you, if you are, if you, my dad was a low level, but my dad was a diplomat technically. And so if you live overseas, they send those kids to what they call American schools. You may have heard this before. There's an American school in any place you go to, in South America, in Asia, wherever. So I would have gone to some kind of American school in France or, you know, whatever the case, learned a bunch of languages and probably just spent my life out there. And then the way <laughs> the way my dad describes it is uh, that was the plan until your mother had, quote, her fit of liberation. <laughs> your dad must have hated women's lib, dude. Just must oh. Dude, oh, wow. uh, my dad wasn't anti-feminist in that way. I don't, I don't think that's quite what you're talking about. But like, I'll just say this: we've talked about this before. My parents hated television. They thought nothing good was ever on television, and that they they were both unanimous in that regard. My dad's favorite show by far when I was growing up, not even a close second, Married with Children. My oh, dad yeah. loved Married with Children. Okay. If you know anything okay. about that, that makes a lot of sense. All right, I'm, you're, I'm back in on your dad. All right, I like you. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, yeah, I was never supposed to grow up here, and I was definitely never supposed to go to Georgia. 
Like, that was never, ever, ever part of the plan. But, you know, life goes in funny ways. All right. Um, Luke, I don't know how to say this without offending you, so I'll just swing big, all right? We're at the age now where, unfortunately, you know, our parents are getting old. Our friend's parents are passing. My best friend, Ed's dad, just passed away. RIP, love you, all that. If your father goes one day, Luke, are you hoping at least for a deathbed confession of JFK or something from his career with uh, serving this government? Like the diplomat, like confession at the last minute? Yep. No, because all the stories my dad tells me about what he did were like interesting and cool, but not. They weren't. It's I don't know how to explain it. They were much more mundane than you might imagine. Like they're 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 interesting, but they're not. It wasn't. It doesn't. I don't know how to explain this exactly. Um, imagine if he's like, and you're like, Dad, did you just say building seven? Dad, building seven? Dad, what do you know? And he's like. Check my Las Vegas rental building. And you're like, oh, oh, God damn. You know, like, come on, Dad, right? Right? One more time, Luke. Dad, did you say you were proud of me? Oh, no, you want me to be clean clean your bedpan. Oh, okay. All right, got it. There we go. Very good. Luke, are you a big Willy Wonka guy or no? Um... You know what? It's going to make me sound like a bitch, but I tried to watch the Johnny Depp one with Tukey the oh, other day, weird. and she hated it. Uh, it sucks. It's weird. So I, mean, I do I do okay. remember liking the Gene Wilder one, right? Yeah, not liking, loving. I mean, that's my entire youth, Luke, was the Willy Wonka movie. But um, do you think in hindsight, Grandpa Joe was a dirtbag for being bedridden for 20 years while his daughter could barely afford to, to you know put food on the table, working all those jobs, and then the moment his grandson gets a free pass to a to a candy factory the dude hops out of bed dancing and his i mean his daughter's got to be like i cleaned your bedpan for 20 straight years yeah and all it took was a was was chocolate yeah i mean the lesson there is uh leave your grandparents and let them die slowly on their own that's the lesson there wow wow okay finally uh february 17th is ufc 298 Danny Barlow versus Yusaku Kinoshita. So sweet. Great. Next topic. Okay. Also, Luke, it seems like that uh, December fight night card that was supposed to be in uh, in Asia is now going to be in Vegas. What happened there? Do you know? I don't. They were supposed to go to Shanghai, and then they all were like, yeah, we're not going to go to Shanghai. We're just going to go to the Apex. And I'm like, why would you do that? I don't know what the story is. Can we do uh, Wei Li Zhang versus... Uh... Yan already. I don't know what the fucking holdup is, but all right. I mean, Dern didn't win, so let's do it, right? Let's do let's it. Let's do. Let's 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 have an all Chinese main event for a title. I'm, like, I'm in for that. Sounds great all to right, me. Number three, Saudi Arabia, Luke. There was a big day, big couple days there in Saudi Arabia. Two big press conferences to announce a peer of a pair, a peer, a, peer? a pair of of uh, big time boxing pay per view. My favorite is. Peer-reviewed research. That's really the best kind. Is it, it, Are you having your David Hasselhoff moment there? No, I didn't know if I was going to come back with the air hair bit or the Bador fade or Luke. You know, I don't. I'm really have limited options here, so I was just kind of caught in transition there. Uh, Luke, let's go to the bigger of the two. February seventeenth. It's actually happening. Four belts. The first undisputed for, uh, heavyweight championship fight in this four belt era. One name, one face, one chance. It's everything we ever wanted, right? I know we just had is a it, Is it? Well, I, everything I ever wanted, okay? There's no I got to tell you, BC, can I interrupt here and just say something? Please, please. Two things occurred to me watching this presser yesterday. No, three. Three things. Number one, this whole shit where Tyson Fury calls everyone a sausage, just, it doesn't, it Let's doesn't. Do. 
used to be yeah. a dosser, then it was yeah. other things. Okay, but he's been calling people a sausage for a while, which, by the way, if you're an American, I just want the Brits to know this. Like, when we hear you guys call each other sausages, we're like, wow, you guys suck at insults. I actually don't think you suck at insults, but the sausage thing just sounds so fucking lame. I cannot possibly yeah. describe it. I could it's see just... Appy using that. Appleton, huh? right? I could see David Appy? Appleton using that. Yeah. yeah, Dosser to me is funny. Dosser to me is funny. And the Brits, they, you know, they can play the dozens. I'm not saying they can't. But the sausage thing, anyway, it felt so flat to me yesterday. It felt so flat. That's number one. Number two, part of the reason it felt flat was, dude, Nganu has taken the fucking buzz out of this fight a That's little bit. Not, not all of it. Not all of it. And three, I got to tell you, you know who looked infinitely more confident on stage yesterday? Usyk. Usyk. Okay, I got a Usyk video I'm going to throw you in strong. a second. That gets to that. Let me just finish the intro. Yeah, four belts, one champion. Alexander Usyk brings three of them to the table. Tyson Fury brings his WBC belt. We're finally going to do this February 17th. Maybe it took Saudi Arabia. I think it did take Saudi Arabia. I think a lot of these fights. I mean, look, this December 23rd one that we're going to get to in a second is Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren working together despite being rivalry. Saudi Arabia, for better or for worse, is bringing the money to the table and making the fights happen. Should Fury Usyk have already happened? Yes. At least we're getting it. So the biggest kind of fireworks, if any, was the face-off. We'll show that in a second. But before the face-off, there was a little bit back and forth. I want to run a little bit, and then we'll we'll kind of react. But watch Tyson Fury's mannerisms, everything. I got questions about that. Let's go to the videotape here. I'm going to bust him. Sausage, ugly little man, rabbit. Run, rabbit, run, rabbit, run, run, run. More, more. I don't want a more, more. You know what's coming. You're getting smashed to pieces, sausage. You're fighting the best British heavyweight there's ever been. The fucking dauntless in these waters, me. You beat all the rest of them, but you ain't beat Tyson Fury yet, sausage. Look at him, his heart's pounding now. He's like a little pussy with an earring in. Shit house. His bollocks have shriveled up now, they have. Little sausage. I don't, I a don't sissy with an earring in, you fucking pussy. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you so much, everybody, people. I more speak in the ring. Very good, very good. Thank you. Get knocked out, motherfucker. Out cold sausage, rabbit. Okay, Luke, I want to hesitate on overreacting because Tyson Fury, every other day, every other hour, can just flip his personality in such bizarre ways that you never really know what you're getting. But true or false, the feeling you got watching that was akin to when Rousey at the Holly Holm press or weigh in, like went way beyond yeah, over the top. Fake sweet. Like, yes. Fuck you and like you bitch and like like trying to really in a lot of ways amp herself up. Why? Because she had been so busy filming a movie or whatever, like doing a lot outside the cage. She went to that fight, maybe not fully ready, and then it was the worst style matchup, and she got sliced up easily. I kind of doubt that with Fury, but the sign <laughs> may be there coming off of that Ngannou fight. How did you read his demeanor overall here? I won't say sad, but desperate. Desperate to make this big. Desperate to convince people that he's something that... Um, well, I mean, Tyson Fury is a formidable fighter. I'm not suggesting he's not, but, you know, after... I don't know. I don't know. It's almost like he thinks we didn't see the Nganu fight, so he comes out. He's like, "I'm just gonna do the same Tyson Fury bit. Gonna call this guy a sausage and 
and everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, that's so funny and great. And it just felt flat. It felt so flat to me. Um, I, I, the, I will say in real time, I remember when Rousey was like, I was like, why was she so fucking bitter at Holly Holm? Holly didn't do it. It wasn't like Holly Holm was talking shit about her, you know? No. So in that sense, it does feel the same, but it also felt a little angrier. This one felt like, hey, everybody, like he was, you know, here's what Tyson Fury does. Every time he enters the room, he walks in like Michigan J. Frog. You know, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. And everyone, pay attention to me. All the lights are on me. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're great. Fuck you. Like, he just does. He makes everything the Tyson Fury show. And he was trying to do that here. And it just felt flat to me. I just didn't buy it at all. And I think Francis punched a big hole in the uh, the myth of Tyson Fury a little bit. Right. So I'm, I'm going to hesitate from saying, like, this is full on Rousey. He's not focused, blah, blah, blah. Because again, he's Fury. He does. He's always going to be like wild. It's always going to be on the edge, Luke. It just is, right? I mean, he, you know, he he had the the kind of step away from the sport that would have killed most people, or at least ruined their careers. The, it's miraculous that he came back from those four years of depression, drug use, weight, all that stuff. But he still plays up or down the level of his competition. He's still kind of wily and crazy like a fox where you just never know. But I think what you said nailed it in at least how it was perceived. You can't act like the Ngannou fight didn't happen or isn't reshaping the way we're looking at this fight. That's why it was a horrible idea and really just a not a desperate money grab because Fury is doing very well right now and has a lot going on from the Netflix show to all these monster paydays in Saudi Arabia. But it, it really felt like it wasn't about what it should have been. It didn't seem like it, Fury, despite what he said, took that fight seriously or came in like real shape. It felt like, oh shit, I got to do this now because there's so much money at stake. And now what does that mean heading into the fight? Now, he was asked about the Nganu fight. He had a sit-down interview. I think it was with BT Sport. And he said uh, the, the fight with Nganu went great. And here was his exact quote. I got paid. I got laid. I got out of there. And now I'm on to the next one. But we also had where he was asked about it during the press conference and was basically like, he said, I didn't even, I'm not even thinking about that fight. And I never thought about it again after it happened. I've essentially got 50 million reasons, which he's talking about the payday he got, or at least, you know, that, or at least boasting that he might've gotten. And he's saying, you know, I don't care about that. That led to Francis Ngannou tweeting and quote tweeting and, and, and kind of throwing it back in his face. But I don't know, Luke, you can't, I mean, you know, you, he's, he's sort of a natural deceptive salesman. It's hard to tell, but I do think there are enough signs here where it's like, I don't love that reaction about the Nganu fight at all. I don't love it at all. I don't love the, just ignoring it or just acting like it didn't happen. Now I don't love Nganu saying I got robbed and everybody knows it either. I thought Fury won the fight, but it's gotta be a major embarrassing wake up call. That's what it's gotta be Luke. And maybe that's, maybe that is enough to bring out the very best of him against Usyk. Maybe that scare is enough. Does it, don't, wait, wait, let me ask you, though. Does it have to be that, or are you wishing it will be that? It will be what? A scare for him? Scary wake-up call. Like, maybe it actually yeah. won't be that at all. Well, I, I want it to be a scary wake-up call because I want to see I'm saying. the best like You're saying like it has to be that, and I'm saying I don't know if Tyson Fury has internalized it that way. That's fair, too. But you wonder, because he can live so loose... Is he is his eye not on the ball? I think it will be for this training camp at least, Luke. But 
I don't know. I just think it's you can't you you can't lie to yourself. What happened in that Ngannou fight is changing the way we perceive the odds to be in this Fury Usyk fight. It is. It just is, Luke. And maybe that maybe Fury wants that to be because maybe he wants Usyk to be more offensive and come at him rather than make him chase. I'm not going to forget. It's the same thing with Shakur. Like I'm not going to forget everything we've seen from Tyson Fury. I am excited for it, but. I'll say this, the presser for this one happening just off the heels, basically, what was that, October 28th was that fight? Yeah. It's like, ugh, it feels so close together that you can't separate the two enough. Exactly. You know, and as a consequence, one is bleeding into the other one, and so, you know, you're a sausage! It's like, oh my god, guys, can we can we stop right. with the sausage bit, please? Let's, um, let's throw to the face-off to put, a, to put a, a, a final note on this. It did get a little little hairy there. Sylvester Stallone setting him up. Uh, were you surprised at this physical contact here, Luke? No. No. What's he going to do? Just have a normal face-off? He's got to do something to get the... Uh, and they, they, These two are having like the weirdest dance with one another as they do this. Also, All right, I'm, I mean, I'm going to say it. King, I'm gonna King say Muffin it. Top there is just unbelievable. I'm going to say it deep inside. And the fight may happen and be great and give us exactly the answers we're looking for. But as a boxing purist, I hate what this has become. I hate that this that the stain of Ngannou is hanging over this. I hate that it doesn't seem like Tyson's really at his, let's say, best or most motivated or most dialed in. This fight should have been built up more without without the Ngannou fight and really playing into the history. But instead, what has Fury done this whole year? Act like he didn't want it at all. So while it's awesome that he was, I guess, pump faking us and just being who he is, and now we have it, what we have just doesn't feel like what it could or should be. And that could just be it, weird. It will weird. feel better by, by, by Valentine's day, right? February 14th, a few days before it will feel better. It really will. But right now it's like, dude, the, the long shadow of the Nganu performance is still very much hanging over. And here's the other part too, BC. It wasn't like they had a presser in London. It wasn't like they had a presser. And I know he can't come to the States or whatever, but in New York city or whatever, they had a presser in Saudi Arabia, like they're back to the scene of the crime, so to speak, right? Not a crime, but you know what I mean, like the expression. They're back to where not only did it just happen that you had you got away by the skin of your teeth, but on top of that, it was in this fucking city that it happened in. Like it was just right there. So the the hangover effect is real. All right, I want to talk about somebody else's demeanor. It was the day before in Saudi Arabia, and it was to hype up this big December 23rd pay-per-view card that will feature a lot of big names in the sport. I mean, Dimitri Bivol, a ton of big-name heavyweights. Main event, of course, Anthony Joshua against Otto Valin. Co-main event, Deontay Wilder versus, uh, uh, wow, just, just completely blanked here, Luke, versus Joseph Parker, the former world champion. And, yes. you know, a small handful of other legitimate heavyweights across the board on this card. Hopefully it leads to Wilder and Joshua fighting next year. They both are into it, it seems, but I thought even their responses were kind of weird. Wilder's like, I've come to terms if it never happens, but hey, AJ, I just want you to know I respect you and I hope it does. And I don't know if you saw, Luke, the what's the name of that guy that's running all this? He's got a Twitter account. He follows everybody. Oh, now. he actually follows me, I found out the yeah, other day. That guy grabbed the arms of Wilder and Fury, put them around him for a, for a picture, and then at the end joked that he was going to put their hands together. Obviously, it's already a bit of a joke that they're not fighting one another. But Anthony Joshua coming off the two straight losses to Usyk, switching trainers three times. Now he's officially with Derek James, 
But Derek James isn't going to be his trainer for this fight. He's going to bring in Ben Davidson, who Ben Davison, excuse me, who was Tyson Fury's trainer for the first Wilder fight. He's still going to work. I don't understand work... that at all. Can I tell you that? Well, well he's still going to. Here's what I think it is. He likes working with Derek James, but Derek James is in Texas and AJ's in the UK where Ben Davison also is. And you know what I mean? Like, so I think it's going to be where he's going to go work with DJ at times, but this is who his trainer is. And look, there was some weird moments like where people weren't even talking to AJ and he turns around and yells things at big baby Jarrell Miller, who's also on this card and was mouthing. And it just felt like something still was off with AJ. So even though AJ came back and beat Jermaine Franklin with Derek James in his corner, it just, it took him so long to finally let go and deliver the knockout that we had a lot of, you know, shoulder shrugs afterwards about, is he still that guy? Well, now you find out that he went away and put himself in darkness for like four days in like isolation. He paid 2,500 to do this to get with his inner thoughts. Well, he seems to be acting out is what I can say. And in particular, dude, he got absolutely slandered by Jarrell Big Baby Miller. You'll remember Joshua was supposed to fight Big Baby the same night that Andrew Ruiz knocked Joshua out at Madison Square Garden. Big Baby took all the drugs available. I mean, well, dude, guys, no when I say he took, like, you know no one else in boxing was on steroids at that time because Big Baby had them all in his system. I As mean, Dennis Larry said about Keith Richards, we have to wait until you die to get high and smoke them and smoke you, smoke your ashes because there's no drugs left. Um, he was talking some shit at AJ. AJ got pissed. Let's listen to part of it. AJ. I don't like none of them motherfuckers, you know what I'm trying to say? But one thing I can tell you is that after I finished with du Dubois, I definitely want Manuel Chark as he got that belt. Them dudes got losses, and there ain't nothing over there with the, for them belts right now. But I tell you one thing, though. We all know for a fact that AJ don't want no smoke with DeAndre. Shut the fuck up. And even though... Don't start even, with me, you know. Even though... Yeah. Listen, Miller, don't start with me. Even though... You know, I'll come over there and slap you, and I I'm see you brought your mom here again. I'm your ass last time. I see you brought your mom here again, because you need a rampage. Boy, shut up. You're not built like that. But like I was saying, we all know that AJ don't want no smoke with Deontay. As much as I don't like Deontay, I know Deontay will put that motherfucker in the grave. So let's make... I'll make it easy for you. Either you can fight Deontay and go to the grave, or fight me and go to the hospital. Either way, you can get your ass whooped. So pick your poison. So let's stop all that talking. Take Eddie Hearn thumb out your ass and pick somebody that really can fight. Either me or Deontay, one of us Americans, whoop your ass. So stop running over your English muffin. You, you are not doing listen, nothing. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. You softening big You are not shit. doing nothing to me. Watch your you, mouth. You let my so, Luke, I'm not going to sit here and say Big Baby's right on everything he said or he even has the grounds to say anything. He touched AJ, the nerve. AJ hates him. I wonder if AJ subconsciously blames Big Baby taking all those drugs for this turn in his career, which began with late replacement Andy Ruiz, who came in there and upset him. And look at the road AJ's been on. It's been wild since then. But, Luke, something's off about AJ. It's obvious. Yeah. If if there was a fix you would want, you would want 2018 Anthony Joshua to come back. The guy who took chances. He was still vulnerable. He would still get hurt sometimes in fights, like against the guy who uh, fought Klitschko. White, against Klitschko, where he got off the deck. Carlos Tackham, people forget, like hurt him bad in the first two rounds. He didn't really show it, but he recovered. But he would come back and knock these dudes out. Even though he knocked out Jermaine Franklin, he's broken, Luke, and it still looks after watching this press conference as a whole. I'm speculating from my chair in my basement, obviously, but I'm not sure he's fully back. And Ben Davison as a defensive coach, it doesn't mean he can't train full, but you know what I'm saying? He's more known for his defense where Robert Garcia, who he was with two fights ago, AJ might've been a better coach for what we need him to be right now. Offensive, come forward, not be afraid to get knocked out, be smart, of course, 
but lean into those strengths, throw combinations, be physical. Luke, I'm not sure they can rewire the computer in time for forget Wilder. Valin may give him real problems here. This is a this is a real fight. Dude, let me just say this. And I said I said this to you um when we were texting about this a few weeks ago, which was you know, like doing all these like darkness re retreats and blah, blah, blah. It's like everyone's different, right? Everyone is different. But a lot of prize fighters, I've seen it so many times, they suffer some kind of trauma, you know, in the ring itself or the cage, whatever. And their, their brains don't work the same anymore. And then people will say, oh, their brains are broken. Like they, they lost the fighting spirit. And it's like, well... I can definitely say that they might have lost the fighting spirit to an extent, but I don't think their brains are broken, and I hate the way that we talk about it. Yeah. Because the reality is, the way he is now, and he's trying to fix it, like, nothing is broken. When you when you suffer trauma like that, the body, and I think the brain's natural response is to protect itself. It's to protect the interest, and I think the people who have gone through those the body sort of reorients itself to say that was a really awful experience. Let's not do that again. And they, the prize fighter wants to fight that, but like the normal response is to be where they are. It's not normal to prize fight for a living. It's not normal. Yeah. It's not normal to, to, to subject yourself to this. Like we, this was never, ever, I don't believe in intelligent design or anything, but I don't believe that we evolved in any kind of way to just like, you know, be okay with suffering trauma continuously. And so, like, I, you know, if he's trying to get something back for a competitive purposes that he's lost, I can understand that. But I hate this way of talking about people who have suffered physical trauma. He's been, you know, decked and whatever else. And then they're like, oh, he, you know, he, he just doesn't want it like he used to, blah, blah, blah. No, he has, his body and his brain have responded to this in the way in which you would expect a person's body and brain to respond to repeated forms of trauma so that they don't have to suffer that anymore. He's not broken. He's where he's supposed to be. It's just inconvenient for a prize-fighting career. Yeah, and, and it's not fully fair, but at the same time, it's like we see what are probably the issues. It's hard, Luke. He fought well in both fights against Usyk, but it, like it was the wrong strategy against one of the most skilled heavyweights we've seen in decades from from pure boxing and a guy who's smart and dares to win in Usyk. Like, it, that wasn't the style that was going to win it. And now he's going to enter his fourth straight fight with a different trainer. Fourth! Fourth straight fight with a different trainer. Let me, let me say you two things. To... One, the gentleman you were talking about, um, he does follow me. His name is Turkey Alal Sheikh. Yes. Sheikh. Uh, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name. Please forgive me if I got it wrong. The other thing I would say is I don't even mind the Ben Davison thing, but it's like, dude, let me get this straight. I'm, t I, we're not going to get the Wilder fight, and you're going to fight defensively. Like, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, why are we tuning in for this? Oh, because Valine might beat him. Valine might beat him. I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying that he won't. Or that it's 100% uh, Valine might beat him, but it's like. We're so far off the path of like what we actually want, or what we as consumers anyway, want for the prize fighting career of AJ. It's like, I don't know, man. It's a little hard to get excited, to be honest. I, I just want to know like what what has really gone on with AJ? Because, you know, people always would make whispers that he's being this, you know, like superstar, golden boy model, like, you know, representing 
there's so much pressure on his shoulders and he might not really be that guy. Like he, you know, there's always people that criticized him along the way for maybe not showing his real personality. So then whenever we see him break off of that script, we're always shocked. What am I talking about? Something weird was going on ahead of that Ruiz fight, the first one, Luke. Something weird, because people forget that when the knockout finally happened, AJ's dad tried to attack Eddie Hearn in the ring, and everyone asked all of them about that afterwards, and no one would really reveal what was going on. There was something monster going on behind the scenes that I think played into some degree to why he lost that fight, along with that really amazing equilibrium shot from Ruiz that dropped him, and you know he was never the same after that. But then you look at the kind of meltdown he had after that Usyk, one of the Usyk losses. You remember that interview you know, when the he grabbed the microphone? One, yeah. And, yeah. and it was just weird. And he had some weird moments at this press conference. I don't know if you saw it where um, the announcer who works for Frank Warren, you know, Eddie Hearn's rival, announced AJ in. And then AJ was like kind of being bitchy and be like, no, I want my promoter to announce me. And then Eddie Hearn was like, uh, okay. And he just went and announced him. There were a few moments like that where you're just like, so it just it's hard to see when you look at somebody who's so talented and could be so dangerous who you know is not in the exact right frame to get the best out of themselves. Why does that hurt to see it? It's not just a potential of wasted potential. It's I don't want to see him get hurt at the same time. I know I'm asking him to show less care, go in there, go for the knockout, you know, and maybe not be so safe. I know like, you know, it's easy for me to say from my basement, but I don't want him in there if he's not in that frame of mind where yeah. he's willing to fill those openings and go after it. Um, something's definitely off. He still has a chance to be great and win big fights. I hope we get the Wilder fight. Say what you will about where Joseph Parker is at, but he also could upset Wilder. It's not out of the question. Wilder probably wins by knockout, but it's not out of the question. Parker's skilled. They could actually ruin that fight in both fights on December 23rd, Luke. So I'm not wild. in any way expecting to see Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua in 2024. Maybe you guys are. I don't think that that's fine. I, I would be... I'd bet that it won't happen. I you know it would be boxing? Of, uh, this would be hashtag boxing. That's boxing. If they both lose, and then they make the pay-per-view anyway. That would be <laughs> boxing. Look, that would just be... That's what we do here on this but side no, of but the But no, but again, like, I, I'm with you. I think Deontay Wilder probably will win. I don't know about the Joshua-Valine fight. Valine is very skilled, very crafty. And more to the point, even if Joshua wins... You know, I don't know that he's going to take that Wilder fight. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, yeah they're going to make that fight if they both win." Are they? Word. Oh, do you see that? We'll see do you see that. that rant that AJ gave during the face-off with Valine, where he was ripping him for? Not yeah, like intentionally own... aggressive. Yeah. Like, don't don't shake my hand if you're going to talk shit. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, calm, lighten up, Francis, will you? Well, he was ripping Valine for not for not having like owning his own like business and name and all that. And, oh, that's your promoter. That's who you – like, it was kind of weird, dude. It's just – there's been a lot of weird moments. It just you know looks what else to me like weird? AJ's a little bit unhappy, if I could be honest with you. He looks yeah. a little unhappy to me. Yes. he Yes, you're right. Uh, you know what else is weird? Uh, this whole Dwayne The Rock Johnson pride thing. Let's go to the videotape <laughs> of what started this. Here's The Rock with Joe Rogan talking about how he almost went into MMA instead of – pro wrestling when he was already in pro wrestling let's hear it i get it all right let's go. in 97 during that time while i was still going out to la and working out we were crossing all the mma guys pride just opened up in japan so i was seeing all these mma guys going over to pride you remember that time mm -hmm. right i think you might have been with ufc at that time mm -hmm. right yeah Going, and at that time, I was making $150,000 wrestling 235 days a year. Oof. So do the math of that Oof. and how much you're making per match. We start hearing, hey, these guys over in Pride are making 250, 350, 500. 
And I thought then, well, fuck, I, I don't think I'm going to make it in WWE. People are booing me out of the arenas. I can't be myself. They're telling me to fucking smile. I don't want to fucking smile. It's not who I am. I start talking to Ken Shamrock at that time, who's wrestling with us. I run into Mark Kerr. Mm. I start talking to him. He tell me a little bit about pride. And I have this idea in my head. Well, maybe I should, maybe I should train to MMA and go to pride and make money, real money. And then I don't have to smile. I'm sure I'm going to get fucked up over there and knock one of my lungs loose. But maybe I could do so, Luke, you got the gist there. Um, people started going, oh, it looks like the Rockets become Hulk Hogan, who, when not using the N-word, tends to lie every time he speaks, and there's a whole group of people on the Internet who just break down those lies and prove why they're wrong. Those same people, Brent Brookhouse of CBS Sports is one of the leading ones on this, started to dispute literally everything of the timeline of what Dwayne Johnson said that The Rock never wrestled 235 days in a calendar year, and especially the timing about when he talked to these MMA guys in wrestling and when Pride even debuted, which was late 97. Luke, oh is this God. just the case of this could be true, but maybe it happened a year earlier and maybe they were talking about Pancrase instead of Pride? Because what he's talking about where he can't be himself, that was his original WWF character, Rocky Maivia, which was – the name his, of his dad, Hall of Famer Rocky Johnson. The name of his grandfather, Hall of Famer Big Chief Peter Maivia. They put it together. He was a babyface. He was lame. He got booed out of the building. But by the timeline he's talking about, 1997, he was already the rock. He was already the lovable heel in the nation of domination and a world champion. So is this rewriting history? Hey, everybody, buy your Project Rock shoes? Or yeah. um, are we just being a dick? What do you think? Well, I mean, it's just great to see a natural athlete, you know, um, build his physique. Though that. <laughs> are you saying he his children's birth names are actually Nandrolone and Stanazol, Luke? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm just gonna say you don't get look to look that way on creatine. It ain't gonna be. You know, I'm not. Listen, you know me. I'm pro drug, but it's just kind of funny to see. Um, all right, let me just say this. I don't really care what the truth of this is because pro wrestling is not for me. But it does look like nothing he says adds up. And I think the bigger part here is you got to understand something about The Rock. Like, The Rock is an avatar for this giant, sprawling corporate identity and business, frankly. And so, aside from some of the facts not matching up, like, if you're trying to promote a certain identity, if you're trying to promote a certain business, many of the things you say in public won't make sense. Remember when he tried to dunk on me? and he Because remember they put out... When the, when the Project Rock announcement with the shoe deal with the UFC came out, yeah. they, they put out... Well, but, here, but here was the funny part about it. And I didn't realize this at the time. I guess I should have, but whatever. Um, they put out... They, they eventually later to like other forms of sports or, or, or business media put out a picture of the shoe itself. But to all of the um, UFC or MMA media... They just put out this fucking trailer where he was like, you know, for the hardest workers in the room. And I, my, my point was, it's kind of weird to announce a shoe deal when no one can see a picture of the shoe. That's kind of weird. And his whole point was, it's not weird. It's about these guys. And then we come to find out they don't get a fucking dime of that deal. They got to wear those bullshit shoes and they don't get anything. Why? Because he's not, he is a real person, but The Rock is a sprawling business corporate identity that has a loose association with the truth it has a loose association with any proposed values that this guy holds dear um it that's that's what he is now he is a he is a like that 
the the rock is this avatar for something much much bigger that doesn't give a fuck about the truth it cares only about the business interests that he's trying to promote which are extensive and i'm not wishing poorly on them per se but the fact that they do this whole bit put out this like the hardest workers in the room thing for the shoe deal and then in the end you find out the hardest workers in the room don't get shit for it they get nothing it should not be a surprise that it's not necessarily untrue what he told Rogan, but the way in which he told it to him is quite clearly untrue. Um, you know, you can decide what the truth is. Yeah. I mean, pro wrestlers tell stories. They're great storytellers in the ring. Yeah. When they're retired, they change the story. I mean, they kind of invented the podcast movement, Luke. I mean, all those wrestling interview pods with old names were like a huge part of that takeoff and launch and explosion. Um, but they lie a lot too. I mean, you know, we all, I guess we all do to a degree, Luke, you know what I mean? That everybody lies. Old- that part is true. But like, you know, lying, um, about huge stakes publicly is only something that's available to very rich and powerful people. Okay. And so while, while none of us can say we've never lied or, you know, whatever we, we all do, um, the stakes of what we lie about and then the way in which we might lie about them differs dramatically from someone being like, yeah, this is for the hardest workers in the room who I'm not going to pay shit to. Like, for example, remember that like house he gave to that dude, the UFC fighter. Remember that? Everyone was like, wow, that's a feel good thing. And there was pictures of his thing. I mean, it's not to say that that's not a very kind gesture that might be insanely meaningful for that guy. That's really not, I'm not challenging that, but you cannot convince me that a guy whose business idol and friend is Jeff Bezos didn't do that to make up for the fact that he got absolutely railroaded and shit on once it was discovered that the yeah. fighters didn't get a fucking nickel like a of that it deal. Felt like a monster PR move. It did. Yeah. It just did. It was Even designed it, really it was nice. designed to repair his image. So they actually did a good thing, but they did a good thing for a very specific purpose, which was to repair damage from his image. All right. Well, speaking of really rich people and images, Luke, um, all of the Peloton machines at the UFCPI are now being removed. So <laughs> I'll take one. Go. I'll take one. Yeah, there you go. And some sponsor got told to shut the f up. And uh, yeah, I've actually never, I've actually never ridden any Peloton device. Are they are they good? They are really good. Uh, They're expensive. Like four, I think you know when I got mine, it was four grand, and that was a lot. I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, but it does a lot. I just, I just couldn't stay with it because I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I was in worse shape then, but when I would use it my legs would be so freaking sore that I would have like legitimate yeah. trouble sleeping at night. I'd like, I'd have like, I'm a little surprised sleep. by that because there's so for folks who may not know this, when you work out and you get sore, it actually only happens one way. So if you curl the bicep, the curling will not make you sore. It's the eccentric that yeah. will make you sore. It's only the eccentric that ever makes you sore. And the bike has no eccentric to it. There's nothing eccentric about That's pedaling. Very scientific. I have no idea what you're saying. You'd have to speak to a more intelligent. Co-host, so there's two but, motions um, to any kind of lift. There's the concentric where you're shortening the muscle. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. I got if you're pulling saying. it in, and then there's the eccentric, which is the lengthening of the muscle. It's the lengthening under tension that causes soreness. So for you to get sore riding a bike, motherfucker, are you riding it with your hands? Like, what are you doing? No, I mean it's just it's just. And I I did it at, at my most consistent for almost two months, and it was just I couldn't just that pop my I'm just not you know I I run I play basketball, but that specific movement was so aggressive. Well, they make it fun. It, you get competitive. There's a leaderboard. Look, like I got into it when I was into it, but then I fell out of it. But you know, I mean, I was so much older than 
I look a lot younger than that now, Luke. I'm really starting to turn it around right now. As oh, are was you, that I a mean, pandemic purchase when we both got like fat as hell? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. It was a mental health attempt purchase too because I didn't. I don't do good in the winters. I definitely battle seasonal, but. Luke, I'm going ham at the gym now, so I'm ch- trying to change that this week. Sweet, you know sweet. Um, and and yeah, so I'm working out in my front yard right after the show. It's gonna be great. Oh wow, that is such a uh, wow. Okay, I'm gonna leave that there. Uh, that's it for your topics of the week. But Luke, when speaking of working out, speaking of getting after it, speaking of having a guide along the way, I mean, would you want a regimen that would keep you on your toes? How about you check out Fitbod? Okay, how about you download this great app because it creates a personalized workout routine that adapts to you and keeps you on track. Well, what does that mean? It's like as you grow, as you hit those typical sort of plateaus and pitfalls where the gains aren't coming, the app adjusts with you. And Luke, it's got a plethora, plethora, excuse me, of help from the standpoint of workout routines. I mean, so many things going on there that can help you take your fitness goals to the next level. BC, how many times for folks who, you know, we're in our 40s now, but even if you're in your 20s, whatever, folks who've gone to the gym, let's say consistently for a few years, how many times have you gone and you didn't have a plan? You're like, what am I going to work out today? And maybe sometimes that actually results in a good workout, but a lot of times over time, you're like, I just don't know if I'm training the right way. I don't know if I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know if I'm making real progress towards my goals. You don't have to worry about that with FitBod because not only does it track your progress, and it tells you what to do, it incorporates whether you're going to the gym or at home, all the equipment you have, all the workouts you need, and you know that day when you pop open the app, what is my assignment today? Boom, done. It tells you, it's done that for me, it's done that for my wife, and it can do that for you. I mean, it's ability to study your past workouts and make those adaptions based on the available equipment you have around the house. Some of us have a Peloton and a bench and some good weights. Sometimes you just got a mat to roll out and a sweat rag the FitBot app will really work to what you have to work with and help you get to that next level and help keep you motivated along the way. It's like having a coach in the palm of your hand. And what does that bring? It brings accountability. It also brings knowledge, Luke. And knowledge is power when you want to start finally taking your health seriously. And I got to tell you, one of the favorite things that I really enjoy is I always love learning new exercises because sometimes, you know, in any exercise regimen, you'll get some exercises you like more than others. But the joy of the FitBot app is that you might get that reality. That's just the reality of working out. But you're going to learn a bunch of new exercises over time. Find the ones that really work for you, that really get you that pump, that really get you that results. And it'll track your progress with all of them through all of that. What more are you looking for, folks? There it is. Boom. There it is. How about Hold this? On. We're going to remind folks. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Download FitBod today. Get a head start on your fitness resolutions. Don't wait till the new year. Let's get it going now. And if you want to get 25% off your subscription and get three free personalized workouts when you go to FitBod.me slash Combat with a K. F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash Combat with a K. 25% off and free personalized workouts why not start betting on yourself? Job did, Luke. We all did. <laughs> Do it with FitBod. Get those skits and bits. All right, 25% off free personalized workouts at fitbod.me slash combat. Don't forget, combat with a K. Yeah, kibbles and skits and bits and bits. And let's go over to this segment, Luke, where they come back at us. Yeah, our P1s, our hardcores, our day ones. 
they hear what we say, and sometimes it ain't right. Sometimes it's straight up dead wrong. Morningcombat at gmail dot. BC, it was a big night in the uh, in the LT household last night. Do you want? Yeah. Do you know why? Uh, no. What happened? Okay, no, what number happened? one, number What's, one. Oh, because Colum- I sent you that. Because I sent you that Instagram video of those Colombian women on horses. Yeah, I mean, you're like, hey, hey Luke, did you know there's attractive women in Colombia? I'm like, yeah, yeah, well aware, well aware. Uh, <laughs> but no, Colombia beat Brazil in World Cup qualifiers for the very first time. And number one, the guy who did it, Luis Diaz, his dad and his both his parents, but more, but one of them was released early. Both of his parents were captured by one of these paramilitary groups called the ELN. And they had released him. He shows up to this game, which was in Colombia, and they beat Brazil. He had both goals, two to one. So they win. That was one. The second part, it was the Latin Grammys, bro. Latin Grammys were on oh, in my house yeah. last night. Reggaeton for days. Yo, did Jay Balvin take home some hardware, Luke? I didn't see Jay Balvin. I saw Maluma. I saw Maluma. I saw well, Antonio Banderas was there. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, they, they did. Did they invite Canelo? Did they bring like all the the major celebrities? Crossover? So here's the thing: it wasn't in the states this time. It was in Spain, which was really unusual. So Shakira was there. Who else was wait, there? Wait, Carlos Vives was there. Wait, did you just you just did it? It's not Shakira. 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 You you really did the the foreign pronunciation on that. Shakira. That's how you say it, dude. Well, yeah, but we know that we don't say we don't say that when we were friends. Bro, here's the thing. Spain. Here's the thing. You guys don't understand this. It, does she say I, that? I have to. Here, okay, hold on, hold on. Hear me out. Hear me out. In the song, how does she say her name in the song? Because that'll decide it, and we'll ask your wife. That will also decide it, Luke. Okay, fair enough. You guys don't understand. I have to pick my poison. I have to pick my poison, which means if I say Shakira, right, and yeah. the, she's outside the door right now, she hears me. I'm gonna have to hear about it. I'm gonna have to hear about it. Okay, or I can say Shakira. And then I'm going to get killed in the comments or by you. Yes, but either yes. way, I'm going to get killed. Either That's way, true. I'm going to get killed. So right. I just have to figure out which way, I, who I want to be killed by that day. That's fair. That's fair. I was going to give you the email address, morningcombat at gmail.com for yes. your Wednesday fan subs, your Friday dead wrongs. But you better freaking bring receipts when you reach out to Mikey Morms there on the other end of that. Let's go to number one here. This one's from Nick. Uh, I'm back here like a bad habit. It's Luke's turn for dead wrong at Uh around 29 minutes of extra credit. Luke is covering the prelim early prelims. And while detailing Jamal Emmer's quick win over Dennis Bazooka, Bazooka. he says, just say Bazooka BC. He claimed that Bazooka missed weight when it was in fact Emmer's who missed weight dude was in the moment or just didn't know any better that he was ineligible for the bonus with the weight miss as he took the victory lap in the cage shouting 50 G's. If both of my dead wrongs for this week get read, does that mean I've made MK dead wrong history and making me eligible for a sweet discount in the MK store? Come on, RJ finger bang. (laughs) (laughs) Hook me the hell up. That's a, oh my God. Yo, here's the thing. If RJ actually made, rj finger bang shirts with no other information on it yeah they would sell they would sell luke yeah i would wear that to drop off tukey at school i would wear that (laughs) that's so good wow all right um so luke are you wrong here did you call the wrong bazooka i guess i am i thought i thought i could have sworn i saw bazooka with the towel on uh, twitter trying to make weight but i guess i i guess i was wrong all right. And yes, uh, uh, Nick, if you do want a percentage off for being the first one to potentially get two dead wrongs read, you can get 10% off right now at morningcombat.store using our code.
Live 10. All right. Let's go to this next dead wrong here. This one's from He's Paul. Right. He's right. God damn. Fuck. Yeah. Eat that shit, Luke. Uh, from Paul. Hello, MK. Hope all is well. I got a quick dead wrong for Senor Thomas today. One of oh, the most man, recent. I'm getting killed. On extra credit, Luke accidentally said that Joshua Van and Kevin Borges are great examples of highly skilled but but unranked Bantamweights. Both are actually unranked flyweights. For more info for Thomas's applause for Van, Joshua Van is cornered by head coach of BJJ coach Daniel Pineda, striking coach Frank Gallego, and training partner Dakota Hope. This is a direct reference since I used to train there. Super tight-knit and friendly team. Hey, keep crushing it. Much love. It's Paul Shit. from Texas. My bad. My bad. I thought they were bantamweights. I apologize. I got that wrong. BC, I'll take that L. Two L's for me today. All right. Luke, we got one more, and it is from that dude, Nick. He's really he's coming on here. Wow, let's right, do it right. here. Hey, Donks. Nick here, back on the attack to make BC eat his own ass. Wow. <laughs> That'd be, what? That'd be wow yeah let's see if my financial needs get to that point luke we're on only fans doing that at 34 minutes and a few ticks into friday's show while bc and luke were debating whether it's ruka or rvca bc decides to break into song it's a number by sublime waiting for my ruka bc recites the line on the east side that's where i met my ruka bc you are dead wrong the line goes on the east side that's where I met my Ramona. Yeah, he's right. He's right. I'm beginning to think the BC stands for bullshit charlatan. Well, it does at times. Yes. Bullshit. Is it charlatan, Luke? Yeah, Charlo? charlatan. Mm-hmm. Charlo. Nah, you guys are the best. Keep up the award-winning work. And side note, by the time I discovered Sublime, Bradley Noel had passed away, but I was fortunate enough to see the two remaining original members of the band live with Rome under the band name Sublime with Rome when they opened for 311 in Atlanta in 2011. That must have been a great show. Luke, are you down with Sublime with Rome, which is the only way to see Sublime nowadays, or did it die with Bradley Noel? I tell you, man, folks just don't have any idea when that album came out. What was the name? What was the the big album that they had? The self-titled one, right? The, the self-titled one. one. So. Yeah, I remember, you know, Bradley Noel or Noel, however you say his last name, he died basically like what, right before the release of that. Yeah. And that album, you cannot, because I mean, culture is different today where things that are big are so splintered. Everyone kind of likes what they like and there's not much crossover. But back then there was crossover. And though Sublime, I mean, it was hit after hit after hit after hit. And then, BC, everyone did what I did, which was go back and then rediscover all of their older oh, stuff God, that had happened before. Freedom, 40 Ounces yeah. to Freedom, the whole bit. And you're like, dude, this fucking band was great. Where the hell were yeah. they? And Bradley Noel missed it all because he fucking died, man. And I went on a, uh, me and Uncle Dave went on a deep bootleg run. There's a million bootlegs out there for them, unfinished albums. Like, there's like, I've heard every possible thing that Bradley Noel's ever conceived, and he was brilliant. 40 Ounces to Freedom is the most brilliant album to this day in my mind because it goes in 86 genres all at once. Um, that self-titled album you're talking about, Luke, Santeria, What I Got, uh, what was the other? Uh, Wrong Way, and there was one more single. They were all monster hits. Like, they were like... Monster hits. Monster hits, yeah, yeah. What a, what a run there. Um, I wouldn't see him today with Rome, no disrespect, but it'd be too much of a tease. It's, I it's, it's like, how do, how, how do you see, I don't know what the equivalent would be, but it'd be like, I don't know, how do you see Soundgarden? Uh, or no. Um, 
How do you see Van Halen with Gary Sharon? Is that what you're trying to say? Something like that. I mean, yeah, you, you could you could maybe you know make a substitute for uh, what's his face, uh, Sammy Hagar, Sammy but Hagar. I don't know. Uh, I mean, even Bon Scott died, but it would and they replaced him. But like, I, I, it's just hard to explain. Like, Bradley Noel was the was not merely the front man; he was the heart and soul of that band. Yeah. And it just can't be the same without him. I don't know. It's it's yeah, I'm with you. Well said there, Luke. And the problem is that some of his best songs are all about heroin and they preview his death. I mean, that's that's the hard part when you go back and listen to the to the greatness of his songwriting. He was in deep. He knew it. He was singing about it. And it got him, Luke. And also, he was drug addled and it worked until it just didn't. Um, yeah. And then Blind Melon guy, Shannon Hoon, died right around that same time. Those were sort of, that band could have been something too. That debut album. I don't think they had what Sublime had because Sublime, yeah. they were like party rockers too, but well, they, they were like thrash. reggae, but they were like, they could, yeah, they, there was a lot that they could do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go, uh, Bradley Noel. I think that's the whole show, right, Luke? That's it, bro. We're done. We're done. All right. We banged hard on this Friday. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Morningcombat.store, live 10, L-I-V-E-1-0. Get your 10% off right now. Okay? Let's remind folks, Black Friday's coming up. Not yeah. No, not the album from Cypress Hill, which yeah. was Black Sunday. But nevertheless, Black Friday coming up. Don't forget. Yeah, don't forget that shit. Don't forget us when you go holiday shopping. By the also, way, I have to tell you something. I, I I don't know what the fuck the PFL is doing. So their fights are on Friday, which is Black Friday. So, you know, if you want, you can go to Target and watch people fist fight over a, a toaster and then go yeah. and watch professionals do it for uh, money. But, dude, their weigh-in, I'm not doing a bit here. Their weigh-in is at like 6 or 7 p.m. on Thanksgiving and yeah. the press conference is right after that, also on Thanksgiving. Guys, I got to tell you, I'm not going to that. I'm just not I'm not going to that on Thanksgiving. Not such I'm a not smart doing that. age after all. Yeah, yeah no, who you're... the fuck made that call? Read the room, DC, right? DC loves Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, dude, and like, nothing's going to be open. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking, but all right. Thank you very much. Uh, that's the show. Um, I wanted to remind you too, youtube.com slash morning combat. We do. We have so many great bonuses. Luke's extra credit that we talked about interviews with Mike Perry and Eddie Alvarez that are fresh, but I look, I've been talking, you've been talking to a variety of different big names, boxing, MMA, all that. And then some, um, don't miss this. Okay. Check us out there and uh, take care of yourselves, folks. It's not an easy life out there, but we can get through it together. All right. Now don't, steal luke's organs yet because we still have a lot more hardware to raise luke december 14th is a thursday night the sahara hotel in vegas i don't are we gonna be there i don't think we're gonna be there. i don't know i don't Maybe. know i don't know world mma awards while we haven't had our best year ever by far it's been a really hard challenging year we did have an amazing first three months and i have to tell you i think we're gonna close with three incredible months to close this year, and we're in the midst of it now. Could we win this thing? What are your thoughts? Are your thoughts are that we're going to win this or no? What do you, where are you on this? I never think we're going to win. I never think we're going to win. So nothing changes there. Um, I don't know. Dude, I mean, you say this year has been hard. Let's be honest. This year behind the scenes, and it's not even just the Showtime stuff, folks, has been existentially hard. Like, yeah. rattled this show to its absolute fucking core. Look, you um, damn near lost your shit, and I came close a few times, too, all right? That's where we yeah, were. Yeah, right? dude, it, no, and, and it wasn't just you or me. It, other people on staff, too. It tested everybody. 
So, uh, dude, it's been rough. It's been rough, but um, we, I think we're we're definitely in a better place now than we were like six months ago or something. So, yeah. um, fuck it, man. If we win, dude, I, I I gotta be honest. I was thrilled about the first one. I didn't take the second one for granted, but I was like surprised and like humorously surprised. I would, I would, and if we don't win, it's okay. Like again, I never expect us to win. I will tell you that this one might make me the mo- the happiest of all of them. It might. Yeah, it's like we've had, when a, we've you had have, to eat shit a lot. You know, when there's a great dynasty or whatever, any sport, any level. Some years it's just man, they had so many players, but then that year that they won it, where they had a average to above average team, but everybody bought in and they fought like hell and they walked through the mud and they got there. That's what 2023 is for Morning Combat. It wasn't always pretty, but we did get up. We did get up off the canvas, Luke. We did. Yeah, I mean, Canelo We're- Fight Week when uh, we had Wednesday's episode that um, just died, and I had to do it myself. I wanted to. I think um, you died. I think you died in that process, Luke. I, I wanted to that. cry. That dude, that day, I, I, that might have been rock bottom for me. That Wednesday show, that was really, 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 really bad. But. Um, where we, we we thugged it out we're here we're here yeah one one day they'll they'll do a documentary about this year oh wait they're actually in production we just need more money luke all right there you go so buy our merch right, let's go motherfucker let's go yeah uh uh cameo.com slash brian campbell the luke thomas thursday chat tukey needs shoes but we're out of here folks we love you be good or be gone thanks